Welcome to this week's episode of the Geek Offensive Podcast. On the show today, we have uh, Ryan Munoz from Pro Results Nutrition. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show and enlightening us about uh, and being nerdy and geeky about nutrition and working out. Uh, it was very fascinating and probably the most science-heavy episode we've ever done. So, Ryan, thank you so much for coming aboard. Yeah, no problem. This is a great opportunity. Thank yeah. you for having me. And I've, again, I'm shocked that this was your first podcast because it did not sound like it. <laughs> I am a little bit of a chatterbox. So I guess it worked <laughs> out for everybody. Perfect. I think this was the one of the first podcasts I took notes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to re-listen to this one. I'm like, what did he say that I'm going to remember that one? But yeah, I definitely got some like good advice. And uh, speaking of getting good fitness advice, Ryan, where can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram. My uh, my handle is at ProResultsNutrition.com. And you can also find me on my website, www.ProResultsNutrition.com. There's a lot of good information that's on there. And uh, I'm always posting good stuff about um, just tips that help you guys out any way I can. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. So definitely look him up. Uh, David, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Superfan Armenta on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Facebook at David Armenta. Shout out to Lupus Org. Donate to the cause. And if you can, please go out and donate platelets or whole blood. You can donate platelets every seven days up to 24 times a year. And you can donate whole blood every 115 days a year. And you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. And the Geek Offensive is on all social media with the handle at Geek Offensive. And so is the lovely network that we're a part of. Uh, Geek Say What, you can find on pretty much everything with the handle at Geek Say What. Uh, so big thank you to the network and our owner, uh, JPG. Um, oh, big announcement. We have a, this will be out tomorrow, Wednesday. So we have a live show uh, this Saturday, October 20th. Woo-woo. 7 p.m. at Backstreet Brewery. Um, we're going to be doing a, a live version of our Fighting Word segment. It should be a ton of fun, so come out and please support us. We love doing these live shows for you, and we love meeting you, and uh, basically you can disagree with us live. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, as I said before, this show's part of the Geek Say What Network. We have a ton of shows coming out now. We have uh, Geek KO, hosted by Justin Madriaga and ish there are twice a month trivia podcast we have ready set geek your starting line to geek culture hosted by alex gallet cole jpg and anthony and uh in the near future um we'll have two other shows coming out so keep an eye out for them first up is dgif that's diverse geeks in focus putting on a putting a lens on issues in the uh, geek community hosted by Gemma vidal on alex and uh, after that one, RP Geek Allegories. I think there might be a little preview of it right now on Ready Said Geek's uh, feed. Uh, but RP Geek Allegory, bleh, RP Geek Allegories, hosted by JPG, um, coming out soon. So please keep an eye out for all our shows. Download uh, and subscribe to them, and uh, keep supporting us so we can keep doing this for you guys because we love doing it. Um, big shout out to Wayland Productions, our associate producers. You can find them at wayland.ws. They share the space with us, rent the equipment out to us. Uh, they help us sound great. Uh, and don't forget to check out their audio drama, Where Live Frontier, which is now available on Alpha. Lastly, big shout out to jordandene.com, our geek apparel sponsor out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, that's jordandene.com. Um, they're eco-friendly, help you look nerdy, and if you use the promo code GEEKSAYWHAT, you get 20% off your next purchase. So buy a shirt, you heathens. 
And I think that's it. Ryan, thank you again for all of this. This was absolutely fascinating. I, I, I really do mean it. Like this will probably be one of those episodes where I re-listen to it just to like get all the advice down. Yeah. Fuck. Bring me on next time and uh, we'll cover some more ground. Yeah. We're definitely coming back. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this was awesome. Thank yeah. you. Right thank on. you for coming thank in. the opportunity. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe to join the offensive. Cue my music. I've never had a guest go the extra mile to open a bottle of wine for us on the show. <laughs> well, you know, when you're about something, you're about it. I brought this red wine with the intention to open it and drink it. I'm not going to there and stare at it for uh, the whole time, you know. I freaking love it, man. Well, hey, thank you for coming aboard, Ryan. Cheers. Thank you for the thank invite. You. Appreciate it. Cheers. Salud. Through the glass, David. Salud, yes. Cheers. Salud. Cheers. What, so mm. is the wine part of your... Does that fit in your diet? Is that what it is? So, I mean... When it comes down to it, like everyone's human, right? Yeah. There's no such thing as perfection. Perfection does not exist. There is no perfect diet. There's no one, one, mm-hmm. you know, one size fits all type of approach. Um, dude, back in the day, obviously everyone gets a little wild, go through yeah. college, figuring shit out, start reaching for the bottle, start getting, start drinking a little more. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. So, I mean, I'm 31. As I'm kind of getting older, I can appreciate the the hard work that goes into things, and I'm building my business right now. And when I kind of want to relax, I definitely prefer a nice, easy glass of red wine. Not so much that it fits or doesn't fit. I believe everything kind of has to do with its use, its intention, its frequency, how much volume you're drinking at a time. I'll definitely have a couple of glasses of wine a week. Love wine, mm-hmm. but I definitely do not drink like the way I used to when I was in college, though. Yeah, I feel. Oh God, I just came back from a trip where I revisited that drinking pattern. Um, <laughs> so I'm hurt. I was doing pretty well with my diet and exercise up until last week, and then it just went. Ugh. <laughs> so it happens, I came back. Dude. I know. It happens. So That's what I, I got back on the horse yesterday, so I'm like, okay. Out of boy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like, what I was saying, like, there is no one size fits all approach. Like, I'm working on some content right now that I'm posting on uh, on Instagram and stuff, and a lot of people have this idea that like health and fitness has to do with you know the the six pack abs and the mm-hmm. protein and the bros at the gym and these bikini models. That's all that people associate fitness with. Yeah. On the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you have regular day people, average people who just want to feel better about themselves, who, who want to just you know increase their self-esteem. Yeah, I you know? think that setting that or talking about that will break a lot of stigmas. I mean, people feel the pressure to get like, oh, getting in shape means being absolutely shredded, 10% body fat, like all of that. And I think people get turned off or intimidated by it. So a lot of people just don't even try because of that. Yeah, it's very daunting. I mean, like I'm in the industry myself. I understand what's real. I understand what's achievable. I understand what's sustainable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, the ideas that people hold on to are the most intangible things. Like the people you see on Instagram, for, for example, one, all these people are using drugs and hormones. Mm-hmm. That's a given. You cannot achieve looking like that without any. Wait, kind of Ryan Reynolds doesn't look like that at forty something, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone still jacked and shredded, and he still looks like Rocky. I feel like when I get to uh, Jason and I, our CEO, have talked about this constantly. Once we get to a certain age, we're taking all the steroids. That's just <laughs> why wait, man. Why I'm wait? In. Why? I'm into. Why wait? 
Why wait? Yeah, I feel like if I'm not like, listen, I know what it is. I'm like, I just need to look like that just once. <laughs> no, I'd like so. No, for real. <laughs> no, for real. Like, I, I definitely encourage it. Um, I did my my undergrad uh, th- senior thesis paper on anabolic pharmacology. Mm-hmm. So I understand the types of drugs that are being used. I understand the types of drugs that are being passed around yeah. for athletes, for bodybuilders, uh, things like that. So I understand on like a cellular level what type of impact it's going to have. Um, it gets a very bad rap in the general public. People associate like anab- anabolic substances with like cheating. Mark McGuire, yeah. same sort of case in point. Barry Bonds. Yeah. Oh, he didn't break the record. He was he tested positive. We still also go and train to hit those three hundred. Well, 3,000, right. whatever. Well, I don't even know what record it was. Yeah, I remember even my coaches having to make that distinction in high school saying, like, yeah, those your opponents can take all the stairs they want. They're still working in the gym. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, what happens if you take that stuff without the working out? What happens to you? So pretty much what happens, let me see if I can, if I can kind of break this down in real simplistic terms. So what happens when um when you're using anabolics especially like testosterone obviously like testosterone uh, replacement therapy fighters get people yeah, over like the age of 50 yeah. get um what that does that activates dormant satellite cells in the muscles okay so those are only activated when x amount of um chemical or hormones activates them so that's why you're able to get stronger get faster get bigger um just have more skeletal muscle mass when you're using those substances because it's activating things that are dormant. You'll never, ever be able to reach that naturally, ever. Ah, I see. So you're pretty much just maximizing like your genetic potential in order to accumulate right. and then that. that just dies off because of age and genetics and like there's really not yeah i mean you can do to keep that naturally right i mean you you can you can minimize it obviously as we get older the body's going to degrade joints are going to hurt connective tissue is going to become calcified flexibility is going to decrease that's a given but you can minimize to the extent to how how much that happens you know like you've seen like old school gymnast coaches they're in their mm-hmm. 70s they're still doing ring work it's because they've been doing that their whole That's life, true. you know. And I do, you do see that occasional like seventy-year-old like marathon runner. Yeah, it's or, it's because they never yeah. ever stopped. Yeah, actually, no, I get humbled at the gym all the time because I'll be there and I'm thinking I'm working hard, but then there's some seventy-year-old next to me who's like it's not even it. struggling with the workout. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, every everyone has a different level, though. Yeah. Everyone has a different level. Um, for I'm, I'm not sure like for example like what would you do what is your uh, like routine do you have a routine at all uh, i go to the orange theory and okay. it's a lot of like the interval training so it's like to keep your heart rate up for most of the workout and like i've found that i respond well that way to that type of workout mm-hmm. before it would just like i'd hit the treadmill and then i'd just lift heavy and you know i i'd sure i'd burn calories but it wasn't like dropping the extra bulk like i was hoping for sure yeah but this type of workout like i'm yeah, I'm losing about a pound a week. That's, that's solid. That's yeah. pretty solid. Anything more than two, well, depending how much you have to start from, Yeah. anything more than two pounds per week is usually going to be uh, very short term. Like mm-hmm. you can do crash diets, you'll plateau in about 10, 14 days. Right. Just you won't lose any more weight, but everything will be front, like front loaded of, of lost weight right. pretty much. You see immediate results in the first like seven days and all of a sudden boom like you're gonna you're gonna stagnate right oh sorry i forgot even to like mention what you do ryan um so you own pro results nutrition um if you want to go into a little bit of that i was looking it up at the info earlier it's a lot of coaching but if you want to go into that yeah absolutely um pro results nutrition ultimately originated from my experience as a personal trainer I would be putting these people through extremely structured programs. They'd be following the programs very, very well, very closely. I would monitor them inside the gym. 
And then there would be some clients who would completely deviate and use that one hour of work in the gym to kind of justify their terrible eating habits. Mm. So I'd be trying to find ways to kind of regulate the bigger picture. So when you think about it, you're 24 hours in a day, right? You, if you work out for one, there's 96% of the day that's unaccounted for without mm-hmm. supervision from a personal trainer. Right. So you need to be focusing on the bigger picture of things, right? So there's no possible way that anyone can outwork a terrible diet. You can't. So diet above all else is number one. I would say about okay. 85, 90% of the results that anyone sees is nutrition related, which is why that's my focus and my emphasis. I got, I got some work to do then. Right. <laughs> diet overload big time. Right. Holy right. shit. As, as we're drinking wine. Yeah. As we're drinking wine. Well, I mean, I, I worked out, so I'm like, okay. oh, I don't care. Dude. I'm not going to judge Jesus you. drank wine and he had a six pack. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I think that's very, oh, thank you, sir. Yep. I feel like it's very relevant just because, um, yeah, people <laughs> might be wondering like, why am I bringing on a nutrition expert onto a geek show? And I always, we've been talking about this a lot on the show lately. Um, like I feel like geeks should get nerdy about how their body works. Number one. Oh, absolutely. Like if, I, if I had a dollar for every, not just overweight, I mean, obese person I saw at a comic con, like I'd, I'd be a millionaire. Like it's. Um, it's one of those things that like, unfortunately fitness gets categorized into like, that's a jock thing. That's only for bros. Right. Like, this is a nerd thing. Exactly. Yep. And I'm like, no, that's just a different kind of nerd. They're nerdy about their own fitness and how their body functions. Oh, absolutely. And of course I think that's, you know, one of the things the nerd side can borrow from the bro side. Like let's, you know, let's, let's get rid of those stigmas, like remove the yeah. barrier. And a lot of the times, I mean like. In, like Instagram, social media is just perpetuating this like bro science mentality. You know, right. If you're not jacked and shredded with abs, like you're nothing. Then uh, everyone's actually not, no. right. <laughs> <laughs> so like everyone is like reaching for that pinnacle. They're reaching for something yeah. that they're never ever gonna grab. Mm-hmm. One, like I mentioned before, everyone's using drugs. Their pictures are photoshopped. Yeah, and the they take. Like these people on Instagram, they do a photo shoot. So they'll do maybe three or four photo shoots in a weekend mm-hmm. and they have pictures for the next six months. Yeah. And then you know? on top of they just don't look like that 24 hours a day. No. They look like that for a few hours and then you, they have literally, a meal. That, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head. They capture, they capture their pinnacle and their peak so they only can show their best side. All of a sudden, like they step off stage for a show or their shoot's done, their mm-hmm. photo shoot's done. They go and they rebound. They gain 20, 30 pounds back. And they're back at square one. And then in order for them to get in front of the camera again, they have to go another 12, 14, eight weeks, however long it is, for them to go and cut down to get to that level again. Yeah, I, I feel like that's huge when it comes to... I, I mean, I, I feel like the approach you have is kind of addressing that issue. Uh, I, I wish there was one... Because I kind of have a little bit of body dysmorphia myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I think that's so huge, the point that like, this is the reality of everything. And I, I think that's what's great about what nutritionists do and what you do. Because it's, it's not just nutrition, right? You do workouts. Also. Yeah, strength and conditioning, for sure. I mean, th- one of the reasons, again, why I focus on nutrition, the majority of the results are coming from it. You don't even have to get on the, in, on the treadmill. You don't have to step foot into a gym to see, uh, to see like, legit results. You mm-hmm. eat correctly. Your body's going to know to do with the energy. It's going to know how to apply it. You know, that's why I teach people how to eat correctly. Eat for your goal. You and I might have different goals. You need lose more body weight i might need to maintain right you know so it's going to be different for everyone yeah so with that being said so go on sorry no no go ahead so um like when you take nutrition and then you apply a proper strength and conditioning program you're going to optimize performance they go hand in hand right the workout is going to be like the car on the racetrack 
And the nutrition is going to be like the fuel you're putting into the Ferrari, mm-hmm. you know? So you don't want to put 87 octane in a Ferrari, not a Formula One. You can even put rocket fuel in that shit. Yeah. Got to be able to get fuel that, get all the horsepower out, get all the pistons firing. And that's what I want to do. That's what I'm doing with athletes right now. I'm working with two professional athletes. One I'm um, probably going to be working with very shortly as well. Oh, what sport? Uh, MMA. Two nice. MMA, one Fucking track and a. field. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. We do an MMA segment on this That's show. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. So uh, my first fighter that I signed with, first one with my business, um, Richie Palomino, born and raised in Santa Ana, won his first pro fight. I was there with him. Nice. It was That was an experience. That was fucking awesome. I've never been to the hangar down in Costa Mesa before, mm-hmm. and uh, they had an awesome production that was over there. They had lights, 70-foot screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was like mini Vegas. It was cool. So yeah, I was those, there. Yeah, those smaller shows are awesome because it's, uh, it's all the local gyms. Yeah. It's not a bunch of like assholes who don't know anything. It's yeah. Like everyone's cheering for their guy. Yeah. It's, great it's, environment. It's, it's a very, very like homey feeling there. Mm-hmm. Very community feel. Um, so Richie won his first fight. Uh, it was it was an experience. Like that was my first fighter. He won his first fight. A lot of positive energy. What does he uh, What does he fight at? Uh, he fought at one sixty. One sixty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, catch weight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is it? Uh, did you have to help him with the weight cut and all that? Yeah. So okay. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I like to f- kind of work with uh, like fighters or weight class athletes, power lifters. I've, I'm working with a power lifter right now. Nice. Um, but when it comes down to it, being able to walk that tight rope to make sure that they're in their weight class without sacrificing performance, especially when they have to make weight. That's, that's hard. It's tricky. You have to turn, you know, multiple different dials in different directions and figure out what combination actually works. Oh, well, so, okay. Let's say you get like a new fighter. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you start to figure that out? Because we were just saying like, it's not one size fits all. Yeah, no, definitely. Every, everyone requires their own uh, approach. So the first things I would need to figure out, what is this person eating? Does he have any concept of pre and post-workout nutrition? Is he hydrating? Does he know body cues well enough to know when he's dehydrated, to know when he's low on carbs? Does he know where his weaknesses are as far as performance? Does he, uh, does he have a good long game but a terrible short game? Does he gas after he throws combinations? Right. But can he go, you know, five, seven rounds, just kind of constant movement? You know, so these are the things that I'm kind of looking at. And when you're starting to work with someone new, you need to build a baseline with them first. So you got to have baseline numbers. I mean, just like with working with anyone with nutrition. You mean like their weight, their height? Like- their weight, their height, their performance, um, body metrics, okay. body fat. You want as many numbers. You want to be able to quantify everything as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Because then once you start to make pro- progress, maybe six, four weeks out, however it is, and you remeasure and you retest, you'll have an idea of what direction they're headed in based off what you initially got. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, uh, so what was the the plan for Richie? I don't know if you can reveal yeah. that. Or, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. So, when it comes to cutting weight and training for performance, those are two completely s- different goals. Like, there's a fork in the road. You got to pick which one you, you want to go to. Um, when you train for performance, you're going to be working on pre and post workout nutrition. So, you need to eat to fuel yourself for the workout, and then you need to eat to recover from the workout. When you're training for fat loss, in Richie's, uh, in Richie's case, he knows he's going to be in a calorie deficit. He knows he's going to be short on fuel, and he's just going to have to bite the bullet on that. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, we had low carbs the majority of his camp. Um, lots of vegetables, lots of protein. Vegetables kind of helps readjust his gut, keeps everything yeah. moving through, sucks out all the excess water that raises from cortisol yeah. levels, from training a lot. Um, it just kind of helps reduce the amount of water retention. Ah, okay. Yeah, so that, that's that's one thing. And he has to cut water uh, at the end as well. Right. Uh, one thing we did have him do 
uh, we had him make sure he was taking a lot of anti-inflammatories from natural natural sources. Okay. So things like turmeric, spirulina, throwing those in smoothies. We made it sure that all the calories he would be getting would be very, very nutrient-dense. So lots of fruits, uh, well, some fruits in the smoothies, obviously it's a carb, uh, lots of vegetables, um, smoothies with fat in it, peanut butter, things like that. I would make sure he would focus on a lot of micronutrients as well, so zinc, selenium. Uh, oh, zinc. you're getting down to like nitty-gritty. Like yeah, do everything. Like I mean, yeah. when it comes down to the body's a chemistry experiment, you know? Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure the body has all of its little tiny chemicals just to make sure the wheel keeps on turning and burning the way it should. Right. So uh, one of the things I was kind of challenging too was when he was getting down to weight, he had to cut, I think for the first, first fight, he had to cut about nine or 10 pounds of water. Oh, whoa. That's a hell of a lot. Yeah, you're in that sweatsuit or a Yeah, he's in the sauna, yeah. wrapping himself in blankets, hanging oh. out. Like, Yeah, he. I mean, he knows he had to do it. I came to him maybe eight weeks out, and he knew he, he was already kind of... Um, kind of like slowing down a little bit before we got right. to camp. So we knew he had work to do. He's like, shit, man, I should have started sooner. Right. We did what we could. He, he made weight. He, he won. You know, okay. at the end of the day, we're trying to get that W. Right. You know, because you're trying to get him down to that weight without him being dehydrated. And because yep. I've seen, you've definitely seen fighters, even in the, in the UFC who are just completely drained at the weigh-ins. They're like oh, yeah. Barely walking to the scale. They're bone dry. Yeah. They're bone dry. And then so what you have to realize, too, is that when you start cutting water, you're losing electrolytes in that water all, mm-hmm. with all the sweat that's coming out. So sodium, calcium, magnesium, things like that. And those are all electrolytes that help um, help the body retain fluid intravascularly within, like, within your circulatory system. So once he makes weight, he gets off the scale, the things you want to be doing with the fighters is getting that sodium in them. Okay. You need to replenish all the sodium because the sodium is going to retain all the water in order to get them to kind of rehydrate, if you will. Right. So Because once he weighs in, it, he's literally at that weight for like a minute and then you've yep. got to get some stuff back into Yeah, start so, rehydrating, refueling. So what, what do you do to like rehydrate these guys? Get them Because he has what, 24 hours? To, uh, about 24, 28. 20 hours. The, okay. Yeah. So they'll weigh in mid-afternoon, day before and then fights don't start till the evening on the next day usually so with him obviously what like we were saying sodium is a huge game player um so i had him drink chicken broth like the high high sodium chicken broth i think mm-hmm. there was like 980 milligrams yeah sodium is one i hear a lot when i hear other nutritionists talking you about have that. to have the sodium yeah. otherwise uh, i'm not sure if i mentioned this or if you guys even knew but i am a paramedic i'm working uh full-time out in oh yeah San no Rodino. no we'll, we'll get to your background in saving that. lives yeah, all got, together my <laughs> man <laughs> Shit. Do what I we got, can. We got, yeah we got plenty of time to get into right? everything so yeah. with that being said um using my paramedic experience to apply into this nutritional aspect um if the body is low on electrolytes to a fatal extent he can go into a fatal dysrhythmia which means his heart will no longer beat or perfuse and circulate blood so he can go into dysrhythmia from cutting too much sodium and hydrating incorrectly oh wow okay that wow that's actually that's actually a match i would never have thought of like a paramedic and a nutritionist for a fight that's actually a perfect (laughs) match (laughs) (laughs) well let's wind it back then um obviously actually let's wind it back leaving a little bit further when uh david and matt and eddie all suggested you be on the show uh, after looking you up, I was just like, wait a second. I went to elementary school. <laughs> Orange County is a small place. <laughs> it really is, man. It really is. Yeah, but um, you're two years younger than me, so I was in the same grade as your brother, Chris. Mm-hmm. How's he doing, by the way? He's good. He's doing awesome. He has two kids, pharmacist, married. Uh, wow. Yep. Oh. It's crazy. I. It's weird to see like little little offspring of him of his running around. I'm like, damn, I really your uncle. This is crazy. That's awesome. Well, shout yeah. out to Chris if you listen to this. Yeah, for sure. I'll let him know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, small 
small world. We went to the same elementary school. But after that, I don't know where you branched off. After Holy Family, where'd you? Yeah, so I went to Foothill High School, uh, graduated 05. Fuck Foothill. (laughs) (laughs) We got got Elmo in the booth. Elmo in the booth right here. (laughs) (laughs) We actually played against each other back in the day. Yeah, we're same year. You guys were same league too, weren't you? Yes. For two of the years. I think two years, yeah. Yeah, last two years. Yeah. Century League or Seaview, something like that. Yeah, that's, was, I think that's what it was I'm before. Sure. Yeah, I think they change it like every year now. Yeah. But I mean, back in the day, it was just like one, one division, and then it was just like five teams in each league. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's right. now it's just restructured all crazy. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, that's got ancient history for me. Um, <laughs> right, but, right. So, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so, um, yeah. You went to Foothill. Went to and Foothill after that. Graduated 05, Uh When I, I, I mean, even back then, I had a passion for working out and exercising and just trying to like just level up on my athletic abilities best okay I could. So, so where did that start did that start since i was young so yeah. i can remember you like you back in uh holy family mm-hmm. favorite subject pe <laughs> i would i would always 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 try to train or not train but like always strive for like the presidential like physical I fitness totally test. The, the blue remember patch, that the blue yeah patch. yeah i would always try to get the blue patch sometimes i, I get it either <laughs> <laughs> but you had honorable recognition you got those i remember that shit mm-hmm. But um yeah, I remember. Oh, I remember Chris being like pretty athletic. So yeah, I'm he played he soccer. Runs in the family. Like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So um, that's that's when it started. I just always love to be active. I always mm-hmm. like to challenge myself, and I always just feel like to feel accomplished. I guess. Yeah. So I took that into into high school with me. Ran track, played football. Um, nice. From there, I went to Whittier College where I studied kinesiology. Um, so sports performance, pretty mm-hmm. much, and nutrition as well. Played football, ran track all four years at Whittier. Nice. So I kind of like as I would take classes and as I would um, as I would learn, I would apply everything that I would know to my own athletic, you know. Right, you took a really like a much more scientific approach there. Absolutely, yeah. and honestly, like that's that's where kind of the spark for being a paramedic kind of started as well. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so I kind of had that going. I I liked being challenged. I like working with athletes. And at the time in 2009, when I was graduating um, undergrad, I had this pipe dream of wanting to be a PA. I want to be a physician's assistant, and my goal was to work with like professional athletes at some level. So I wanted to go into orthopedics. That was like my goal. Okay. Um, never got any interviews. I fucked around and under grad straight up uh gpa was too low to really be taken seriously anywhere and i'm like okay well what else can i do i spent six years taking all these prereqs for pa school i'm not getting any interviews i can sell myself pretty well but i don't have that opportunity so what can i do next so uh, i was looking at how ways that i get more experience for the medical field um pretty much i needed more patient care hours so I became an emt asylum 911 side saw that it was going to be much more rewarding much more of a fit for myself mm-hmm. you're working with the team you're with other people um so i want to become a firefighter be a paramedic and i'm a plan right now for that yeah well how long have you been an emt uh, i was an emt in 2012 uh worked a couple different ambulance companies uh did 911 stuff that ift stuff um worked at mission hospital down in mission viejo as an er tech i worked on the icu up there that's that's only honestly where the money is for an emt at right. least because emt is like basic level like entry level uh, medical responder and uh, they get paid about 27 an hour in the hospital setting. Okay. So, I mean, like as an EMT, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, Well, yes. Well, it's an important job. You're the first one on the scene. Yeah. And in case anything's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, from there I went ahead and uh, applied to UCLA paramedic school, um, finished that and been building my business and then just doing paramedic stuff. Right. In between. Well, as you, during your time as a paramedic, did you ever, 
I mean, how many times, excuse me, let me rephrase this. How many times did you have a call and you thought like, God, this person wouldn't have been here if it weren't for their nutrition <laughs> dude all the time yeah I, I mean that's an unfortunate way to look at it mm-hmm. but so many times a lot of these chronic diseases happen due to personal choice yeah so it's it from i don't i'm not trying to be an asshole or anything but like f- sometimes when you start running on enough calls you start seeing the same thing over and over and mm-hmm. over and over you see this diabetic person who's diabetic because of their food choices right. all of a sudden they don't want to take their medication anymore where well, you're complicating something that's already broken yeah like why would you want to do that why would right. you consciously make that decision to not take care of yourself is it just they're sick of the routine or is sick of they're just careless careless they're just too much work they want to live their life they don't want to change anything they don't want to give it up they don't and, want to take a pill. They don't want to check their blood sugar, right. and they got to pay the price. And then they call nine one one. Like, well, this can all be prevented if mm-hmm. X Y Z. And now you got this huge medical bill. <laughs> yeah, for real. Seriously, oh, I see. Well, is that the most common call you've gotten, or is it? Um, man, it it really varies by like area. Um, if you if like so, we cover like San Bernardino County. So sometimes oh, you're all the way out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not not in Orange County as a as a paramedic. Oh shit! So we go up to Victorville. We're out in Redlands. We're out in the city of San Bernardino. We're out in Rancho Cucamonga, Uplands, Chino, Chino Hills, um, Montclair, all pretty much Inland Empire. Right. And out there, uh, lower cost of living. Obviously, um, there's going to be just kind of lower socioeconomic status of the types of people that we run on. And a lot of the times, people just don't take care of themselves. A lot of them are, you know, just the drunk homeless bums mm-hmm. who just, who are lonely, who are just fucked up and they just want to ride in a bed to sleep in. Right. You and know? that, it, I think that's, it's good that uh, you have that experience because it goes, plays perfectly into your business, mm-hmm. which seems to be going to all the preventative measures yeah of what an average person needs yeah it really is i mean and we keep coming back to like the same idea of just teaching people how to eat yeah it's it's very fundamental and when we look back we learn all of our eating habits from our parents Mm -hmm. you know if there's no structure if there's a lack of awareness then how do you know you're doing something wrong if you're not really aware of it Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of the times, like from the second, like we're born, we're always eating, 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 snacks, 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 food, food, food. And all of a sudden, as we start getting older, um, we start having stress in our life, start handling things differently. We start reaching for food as comfort. And a lot of the times, yeah. there's a very strong emotional connection to food. Yeah. yeah. Especially in my 20s, it was definitely more about, I was always on the go. Uh, I used to live in San Francisco. So I was always on the go and it was more about like... Well, what's there? What can I grab from that Walgreens? What can I grab from that food stand? Like, it you. was very like hard to well not only stay on budget, but you know get something that's actually good for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and I feel like that's one of the. Well, I, I guess it would be an excuse for your average like nerdy person. It's like you're at a con, you're at a coffee shop. There's really nothing. Yeah, around you that yeah, would no, fit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm. Like call call that whatever you want to call it an excuse mm-hmm. call it reality call it fact call it whatever you want yeah and I don't even like to categorize ideas as that the way mm-hmm. I see it is if something really truly matters to someone they're gonna make time to do it mm-hmm. right if we're gonna make time to sleep we're gonna make time to be with your significant other there's priorities and according to how important this goal is will determine how much of a pri- priority it is you know right and I feel like people don't look at it at their health as like invest. Excuse me. They don't look at investing into their health. Oh, I agree. Um, I spend like a good amount of money on a gym, and I try to watch what I eat. I I, I could definitely use like a more structured diet, but right now I'm going for what's better for me. But uh, yeah, I, 
I think this year, um, and we've mentioned it a bunch of times on the show, I'm, I'm taking my health a little more seriously this mm-hmm. year, uh, especially seeing how my parents are now and like my dad's diabetic, my mom has hypertension. So it's I'm trying to keep that stuff away as long as I can. Good. And I, I just don't see a lot of it in the nerd community where people are investing in themselves. They're not getting nerdy about how all of this works. You know, they're more, more worried about going to the next event, getting that new shiny comic book figure, whatever, that collectible. Um, and I, I really would like that to change in the culture. Uh, maybe people like change the way they invest, like, you know, skip that one convention and use it on a, you know, buy some good food for the month mm-hmm. or skip that one convention, use it on a gym membership or save for a gym membership. Yeah. I mean, little things go a long way. It wouldn't even have to be something like as drastic as some people might think that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, little things go a long way. So making one small change is going to add up, Absolutely. you know? So if that's if you're going to a convention, okay, we'll just pack something, pack a snack with you. Mm-hmm. Something simple, some easy pack a protein bar, pack an apple. Yeah. Have something to hold you. But you have to be consciously aware of thinking like that before you even head out. So mm-hmm. that should be like on, on on the forefront of your mind, you know? Yeah, because I don't know if you've ever been to a Comic-Con, mm-hmm. but it, there's just nothing but crap food there. I bet. Some of it's delicious, don't get me wrong, but it is not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, like cotton candy, churros, popcorn, sure. all, all the dogs, fried stuff. Burgers. All the, oh, God, those, uh, when you go to LA Comic-Con, those bacon-wrapped hot dogs are all over the goddamn place. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're just yeah. like, uh, and it's, they're, oh, they're geniuses about it. Like, it's right there by the entrance, so when you walk out, you're like, oh, I shouldn't, but I really want to. <laughs> you know, and cons run long, too, so it's like eating late and eating is nasty, you know, just eating not good food for you, you know? Yeah, especially the big ones like San Diego, because it's right by the gas lamp. Oh, yeah, And it's yeah. just nothing but bar food. and Bar food, man, like at 2 a.m., <sighs> you're on a good one, that bar food's life. Yeah. yeah. Dude, we've all been there. Soaks up all that good alcohol. It does. <laughs> yeah, it tastes 10 times better. Tastes 10 times better. That's yeah. just how it is. It's designed that way, man. Yeah. And again, like going back to like, I, I wish this was something that was more embedded in geek culture. Again, being geeky about how, what's good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think programs like yours actually help people kind of quantify that. And that kind of could appeal to somebody who's, um, you know, a geek or a nerd like that. I mean, if you want to, if you can go into a little bit of detail, like what exactly do you offer at in your yeah. programs? So, I'm going to compare everything that's already out there to what I do. Okay. The majority of the things that are out there that already exist, everyone and their mom is trying to promote some type of program or some type of product, right? Right. You know, follow this 12-week program, get shredded, get jacked, lose X amount of weight, get ready for Cabo or whatever it is these people want to do. That's fine. That's great. I'm sure it works for 12 weeks, but what happens on day or, you know, start at the start of week 13? Mm-hmm what do you have to fall back on chances are if you don't have a foundation to build then you're going to keep falling through the cracks and ending up the same the same point that you're trying to avoid right, right. so you're, you're talking about sustainability here. that's exactly what i'm talking okay. about so i teach people how to eat for their goals i teach them how to structure meals and it's not even so much about the teaching aspect although it is what it really is is making the 
conscious awareness of your decisions. It's about looking at the food that's on your plate and be like, okay, this is what I need today. What have I had? What do I need to add? What do I need to remove? And where am I? Where am I standing? Mm -hmm. You know? So you kind of want to take like a bird's eye view, but no matter how good of a program you have, no matter how much money you spent on it, that program is going to be pointless unless you take action. Mm Mm-hmm. Action is everything. So you need to be practicing these skills, right? So like what what's what random skill do you have? Do you have can you play the play, play the piano? Um I can podcast. <laughs> cool. yeah, right? So fucking A. There you go. That that's 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 a skill right there, right? Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is how was your first podcast compared to how it is now? Oh, it was crap. Right? I actually listened to it not too long ago. It was right? absolutely terrible. So that that explains my point perfectly. Mm-hmm. Right? This is a skill. The more and more you practice at it, the better you're gonna get. Learning how to eat correctly is no different. It's a skill. Yeah. So you really need to consciously be connected to the the decisions that you're making, being aware of what you're doing, mm-hmm. listening to when you're actually hungry, listening to when you're actually full, and ask yourself like, am I am I really hungry right now? I get I have this sensation. Is my stomach empty? Am I dehydrated? It's you funny know? that you mentioned that because um this year I kind of realized like because I work early, like I kind of just work through the day. I really don't get hungry till about 1 or 2. Mm-hmm. So that was like the first thing I listened to. I'm like, okay, that's that's the first part. I don't need to. I don't really need much more than coffee to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was the first thing because normally it's like you eat, you know, breakfast, then lunch, maybe mm-hmm. a snack, then dinner, and like maybe do I really need all of that? Mm-hmm. So I, I found that I was able to function without eating through the first part of the day. A lot of people do. Um, yeah. I'm sure. You, have you heard of intermittent fasting before? Yes, I have. I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate of that. Okay. So, uh, how does that fit into your program? If you're talking about teaching people, so yeah. How to so, eat? Um, so with my program through my certification, certification that I have is through Precision Nutrition. They are the world's leaders of nutrition coaches. Mm-hmm. So, I paid for my certification to learn what they teach coaches in order for me to have my clients be successful. Mm-hmm. One of the big things that they really talk about and they touch on is the psychological aspect, the awareness, the emotional ties, the triggers that you have. Am I reaching for this because it's habit? Am I reaching for it because it's, oh, there it is? Is it because I'm bored? Like, why is the reason? Oh, like certain like food pairings. So if it's like you're grabbing like milk or something, you get For for, for whatever it is, yeah. like you just walk by cooking, just reach for it. Like, yeah. is that habit? Is right. that conditioning? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you really reaching for that? So the program that I offer, it's very, um, very introspective. It requires a lot of awareness and conscientiousness while you're progressing. So how it works, this is all online, that if you were to become a client, for example, you'd be getting a daily email with a daily lesson and a daily habit that you need to practice. You have to go out of your way and go practice it. Uh, For example, that could be something as simple as taking a five-minute action. So sit down, close your eyes for five minutes every single day for two weeks. Find the time to do that. Now, it doesn't matter what the action is. the, 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 The brownie points comes down to you making the time to do something, Mm. right? So you're now implementing that. And it takes on average about two weeks for a person to kind of make a habit kind of second nature. Right, because I bet a common excuse you hear about like not going to the gym is like, oh, I don't have any time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So, so making that time. You have to make okay. the time. Yeah. Make time. Make the time to make breakfast in the morning or make the time to go to the to the market so you have some fresh food to, food to prepare, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So that would be one action. You can translate that however you want. That would be like the first thing you work on for two weeks. Second thing you would uh, work on would just be like your hunger cues. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, uh, this is the time that I usually eat if that time comes and goes. Um, and but is my stomach growling because I haven't had anything at that time? Right. So if, if we if we really look at the big picture for what uh, food is, food is energy. There's a caloric intake, a caloric value on it. And us being machine biological machines that we are, we're constantly burning that energy. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if you eat too much energy, your body stores it in the form of fat. Right. So being able to listen to your like your hunger cues is going to be able to reduce the amount of fat that's being stored. One. Right. Then enter intermittent fasting. Right. So with my um, with my certification, there's three different levels levels of clients that I work with. Level one will be probably about 97 percent of the population. People who want to you know lose a couple extra pounds, um, reduce the risk of chronic diseases, feel better about themselves, you know, get into their pair of pants. That's a big one. Feel better about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I started this health kick, like hopefully it's not just a kick, but yeah, I noticed that I just felt better. Mm-hmm. I was in a better mood. I was getting mad at less stuff, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, or not? No, sorry, less mad at stuff. Like yeah, because yeah. a lot of times nerds get mad at like any bit of like news coming out like this studio did this and like now i'm just like whatever i don't care if dc shuts that down like mm-hmm. <laughs> let me just wait until they make something and then also the just the cognitive difference oh absolutely. i feel like i i think more clearly that's massive yeah it, it's just like god why wasn't i fucking doing this years ago right and what's the biggest changes that happen first aren't the inches around your waist it's not about like the size of shirt that you're wearing the biggest changes that happen first are all subjective Mm -hmm. your sleep quality increases Mm -hmm. you're getting up in five minutes after your alarm clock instead of 10 or 15 things like that your cognitive ability is sharper you're more yeah, focused absolutely. and more alert throughout the day. Mm-hmm. You're not getting tired and having to nap during the day. Things yeah. like that. Actually, that's oh, that's a good one because I have noticed that like most of the time, with the exception of this last trip, but yeah, most of the time I don't need that nap in the middle of the day like I used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just you, that was kind of a weird habit. I'm like, oh, I, I always attributed it to like oh, I'm just getting older, and then no, I started working out regularly, and then I started. I don't have a strict diet, but I cut back on a couple of things, mm-hmm. and I was just like. Oh, I can make it through the day without having to like take a, take yeah. a nap. And what it comes down to is pretty much a cellular health. The ability for the cell to function optimally and do its job is what is going to allow the body to be optimized, right? Mm. If if you look at like what a micronutrient versus a macronutrient is, micronutrient allows the cell to have all the enzymes available to break down the macros Mm -hmm. so the protein the carbs the fat right so you need all these little micro like wheels turning the cog wheels in order to really break down and assemble the, the things that are coming into the factory to get broken down and utilized does that make sense yeah by the way, folks, if that didn't sound nerdy to you at all, like, yeah. this is proof, like, yeah. hey, this is a geeky thing, man. You gotta... <laughs> it is. Yeah, you gotta yeah. be a geek about your nutrition. Yeah, uh, this is amazing because um, I just went to NutriShop in Fullerton and they were talking about, because I did a, they have a 60-day challenge going on and um, they were talking about my macros and making sure I'm getting enough macros as well as, you know, uh, counting my calories and uh, dialoguing, I mean, not dialoguing, um, bringing a book in with and um okay. writing down what i eat you know mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that's another 
I feel like a good aspect of it as well. Um, but uh, going nerdy with you is, uh, I feel like, like you said, when you work out and you're breaking down your your fat cells, I feel like these extra boosters you have is what's pushing you through the day. You yeah, know? it is. So like a runner's real, a runner's high is for real. Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is. <laughs> absolutely yeah. it is. So like when it comes down to like the actual process of like fat metabolism is super fucking complicated. Like I'm not a biochem major. I'm not going to break down the freaking acetyl CoA that's going through glycolysis and all that other shit. Like I understood about like one <laughs> syllable of that. So. I'm looking through the dictionary as we speak. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> right. So it's a very very complicated process, and ultimately how intermittent fasting kind of ties into the program um I, I keep going back i never finished my thought again. right right i go on too many tangents um <laughs> hey, so it's cool this is what the show's for <laughs> right so there are three levels of clients level one 97 of the people level two would be like a high um high level uh like amateur athlete okay level three would be like an olympian or professional athlete who's, who's relying on a paycheck Okay. For their performance. So they have to be dialed, right? The thing with uh, intermittent fasting, that's an advanced strategy that a level two or level three client should and I encourage to do Mm -hmm. because you need to have that foundation for you to stand upon in order to do an advanced type of strategy, Mm -hmm. right? So what what makes it part of that advanced strategy? So one, willpower. Oh, yeah. Two, discipline, understanding what exactly is happening to your body so you know how to maximize it. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, when I, like I said, I've been intermittent fasting for about six years. Yeah. Your stories are crazy. It's like, yeah, 19 hours fasting. I was like, God oh, yeah. damn, man. Yeah. Like, God. 19, uh, that's just getting warm. Dude. I'm getting warm. Damn. Usually, usually I'll go for two 24s a week, two 24s. So th- think about it like this. This is just like not even not research. This is just like what I've realized and I've kind of, um, understood. So from the second we're born, we're on our mom's tit sucking milk mm-hmm. day in and day out from the second we're born. We're always consuming, 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 right? But everyone says that when you're when you sleep, that's when your body recovers. The only reason why your body is recovering when you sleep is because that's the only time of the day you're not eating. Huh. Oh shit. Yeah. So when you're taking this period of not of not intaking any type of energy, your body has no other choice but to keep repairing, continuing to repair. Oh, I see. so maybe not for how awake you are but like your body's kind of going through the similar thing when you're sleeping like, yeah that's so your, that's i get i guess you are fasting you're not eating yeah yeah, yeah that's pretty much it yeah. so you're pretty much extending that recovery period from not eating your body recovers when you don't eat because hmm. right so when you think about you're eating you're eating a steak right yeah your body has to, you have to chew you have enzymes that break down and digest all that then that goes into your stomach into your intestines where there's more enzymes and more acids then everything has to be absorbed Got it. Then it gets into circulation and then gets broken down even more. It gets transported to cells for the cells to use just from eating and swallowing one piece of meat. Right. So there's. So, yeah. So I guess people don't think about it that way. That People would probably associate their eating as their recovery because it's like, oh, we're tired. Exactly. If you like, got it. But in, in reality, it takes a ton of energy to break down, digest, and absorb all that food you're putting in you. 
your digestive tract is the the thing that's getting hammered Mm -hmm. day in and day out. Your pancreas, your liver, all the enzymes produced, your gallbladder is constantly having to pump, 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 pump. Right. It's a major system that has to do all this work just because you you ate that extra cupcake or whatever. Yeah. So when you fast, you're letting all that machinery, and mind you, we have about 40 feet of intestines inside of us, Mm -hmm. all of our, our gallbladder, our liver, our spleen, everything, all these major organs in our body finally have time to power down and let the let the jets cool so to speak holy shit yep like that light bulb Whoa. just click click you know yeah. god damn yeah so- wait is this what causes food coma <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so i mean like I, I like to i like to use analogies when i talk because it can kind of grab in an audience and kind of make them relate mm-hmm. to something even though if they're not really relating to it right now think of like your body and your your digestive tract is like a factory with conveyor belts Right. The more and more you eat, the faster those conveyor belts are going to have to turn on and move to move all that food coming in. So when you when you're fasting, you shut those conveyor belts off and let everything kind of cool down and reset a little bit. That's why it's so beneficial at the cellular cellular level, at the cardiovascular level, the neuroprotective level with your brain. There's tons of research going into intermittent fasting right now. When wow. would you push this? I mean, I'm not saying push this on anybody, but I'm just saying like when do you recommend this for some? Is like when you first start out, or is this something where you have to build to? Well, so you said it was a level two. Yeah, three, that, that's definitely an advanced strategy. Once you can get the basics down, and that's for any type of skill. Once you master the basics, then you can start advancing to higher and higher degrees of accomplishment within that given skill. Right. So, what, so what would the basics be? The basics somebody? would be just like the like level one stuff. Show me that you can stick to this meal structure. Show me you know how to um, structure your meals, eat, refuel, rehydrate, and continually do that. I don't care if you can do it for two weeks. I care that you can do it for two years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not to say that then you're an expert, then you're a level two, but the fact that you're able to demonstrate that you understand and can apply the basics mm-hmm. says more than enough. Right. So it does... A lot of it comes down to discipline. Yeah, yeah. a lot of it does. Um, I remember the very, very first time I fasted, dude, my body was just rejoicing. Rejoicing? Really? Yes. It was insane. It was fucking insane. Because I'll have those moments where, again, I won't eat till like two, but then I'm like super hungry. Mm-hmm. So so I so I, I ask you the question. Okay. Are you hungry, like truly hungry, or is your stomach empty? Oh, there's a... There's a difference. Yeah. I had no Massive idea. Difference. Okay, Massive so difference. I would, if I have to be honest, it's like my stomach feels empty. And mm-hmm. That's why I'll, why I'll eat something. That's why it growls. Yeah, exactly. Right? So there's what's called the fed state and the fasted state. Okay. A lot of people are always eating throughout their entire life, so they're always in the fed state. As soon as they come out of the fed state and their stomach is now empty, that's uncomfortable for them. They don't know how to operate. Mm. Like, fuck, I'm empty. Like, I need food. I need food. I need, to, I need to be back in the fed state, right? But once you start to do intermittent fasting, that stage completely gets kicked out. Like, your stomach might growl and it'll go away in 30 minutes. And then huh. you you do not get hungry. Like, hunger is not a fucking thing. Yeah. So your stomach's not a little bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do notice that because later in the week, it gets easier just because... Sometimes I won't eat till like four or five. That, dude, that's dope. Yeah. That's and dope. like just again, I'm it's because I'm busy, but like at the same <laughs> time, it's like I don't have the same growling that I have at like on a Monday. Cause again, I've probably been like eating like a normal pace on mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday. Holy shit, that explains a ton. Yeah. 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 Dude, intermittent fasting. I mean, you this goes back to like the hunter and gatherer days, right? So way back in the day, and I read this from a book too. 
It was uh, the Paleo Solution by Rob Wolf. He's like a nutritional biochemist from the UK. Oh, I listened to a couple of his shows. The dude, that dude yeah. is fire. Yeah. The dude is fire. Um, oh, oh, thank you. Yep. So uh, in the book that he that he wrote, The Paleo Solution, he compares and contrasts modern day humans to uh, our ancestors of the Paleolithic era. Um, on average, the human being who lived during that time moved an average of 11 miles per day. <laughs> 11 Try miles. Try finding your average person that does dude, that. I fucking, I hiked Baldy this weekend. That was only like nine and a half miles. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, dude. 11? Like, that's, that's some shit. Yeah, I move more ele- more than 11 miles in a day because I drive around all day. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> right? So dur- during this like paleolithic, pale- blah, paleolithic era, the humans would move 11 miles per day. So they would be moving all the time. They would have to go hunt to kill their food, and they would be gone for two or three days moving... 20 miles a day and then come back and rest for six. Jesus. You know? Yeah. So they would not have food readily available like we do today. We can go across the street. We can go to the pub next door. Yeah. We get some shit food, but it's there if you want it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like that was not an option back then. Yeah, we then. don't have to worry about yeah, availability. Exactly. So they would go and kill a buffalo or a woolly mammoth or a bison or whatever the fuck it was, come back with 40, 50 pounds of meat. That'll mm-hmm. last them a couple of days. And who knows when they're going to get their next meal. Right. You know, so it's all about feast, 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 then fast, fast, fast. Is that something you look at when you when you get a new client is like, what kind of life do you lead? As in like, uh, if they sit at a desk all day. Or oh, yeah. Stand at a Absolutely. There's so many variables that go into it. Yeah. Uh, age, gender, activity level, uh, what they do is for an occupation, um, wh- how like their awareness for uh, the foods they eat throughout the day based off mm-hmm. their activity levels. Like, how sedentary are they really? Yeah, exactly. How many people are just sitting on their ass all day? Because that's... You you know, that nine to five that's eight hours a lot gone a lot right of there. people yeah um i mean just the awareness of just a modern american society is just interesting man like everyone goes from chair to chair every single fucking day mm-hmm. like we wake up out of bed from laying down we go, we go uh we go sit down to eat breakfast we go drive to work we go sit at a desk we drive back to work don't forget taking the shit you're still sitting <laughs> Driving, I would hope so. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, if you're not. Oh. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then driving home in a chair, sitting down watching TV, Gotta eating dinner. traffic too, especially. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> then you go back laying down again. You know, so our level of sedentary lifestyle is through the fucking roof. I would, God, I'm I'm actually curious now. I might time myself, like how much. Average of, American? Yeah. How much am I like sitting? How much am I? 14 hours. Holy shit. Whoa. 14 hours a day. Average American with the nine to five. 14, 14 hours. 14 hours a day. And again, that seems like a lot when we put it that way, but to most people, like, they won't even think about it. Nope. Like, that's just, oh, that's just my day. Right. And then when oh, it was, wow. so we bring nutrition into the aspect just to raise more awareness, right? The, we, everyone has what's called the basal metabolic rate. So pretty much if you're laying in a coma for 24 hours, you're laying in bed, all you're doing is breathing and sustaining life, you're going to burn X amount of calories. Uh, Okay. Right? So let's say for you, it's just for numbers sake, it's 2,000 calories for you. So if you're sitting at a desk all day, just chilling, you're really not expending much, but you're eating like there's no tomorrow or you're eating very calorie dense foods, you're eating fast foods, having a snack. getting that shit in the vending machine or the food truck downstairs. Exactly. Dude, you're eating more than what you're actually burning. So even though it might be only... 200 300 extra calories per day do that shit for three four years that's just an add up oh wow not to mention holidays 
the weekends in Vegas with buffets and drinking, dude, like we right. fucking, that we don't even count mm-hmm. how easy it is to shovel all that shit down. It's easy. Yeah. It's now, fun. Yeah. Now I'm looking at like my last trip. I'm like, that's nothing compared to all those years of me. Like, you know, when I was just sitting down at a table or standing at a register, not really moving. Yeah. Holy crap. I want to send my body a I'm sorry card. Fuck. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, that's crazy just to combine and think about, like, all the damage up to what I've done and just been eating, you know, and drinking and consuming in my body and not, you know, protecting it and, yeah, you know, and loving it as I should. Yeah. yeah. One, one of the philosophies I kind of liked, it's, it's kind of extreme, and but it makes sense. Like, everyone treats their body like it's an amusement park when they should be treating it like it's a temple. You know, I mean, that's an old school saying, but you, yeah. you, you need to have respect for what you, for what you have. You need to take care of it. This is you. There's nothing right. else that's ever going to replace it. It's your responsibility to keep the trash out, to make sure no one comes into your temple and starts tagging shit. You know, make sure no yeah. one gets rowdy inside. Like, that's you. That's you that has to do damage control. So you need to treat your body like that. You have to respect. You got to take care of it. Yeah. Ex- you see? Yeah. Extremely cliche, but I mean, so from true. what you're telling me, yeah, absolutely yeah. Versus the amusement park, which is fun. You go on the rides. You're partying. You're getting shit sleep. You're fucking people. Like, there, there's a lot of risk in all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, depending on how far you want to go, but yeah. there's, all, there's risk in that, you know? Oh, wow. I'm... Yeah, that actually to, it's one of those things that it you always kind of know, but when you put it in like simple terms like that, you're just like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of wasted time I had <laughs> last few years. God damn, I'm, I mean, at least I'm glad I'm starting to notice it more this year. Yeah, and it's just awareness, man. It's just awareness. Obviously, you, like we're not. Yeah, we are. What am I saying? We are spring chickens. We're still in our youth. We're still in our yeah. prime, but. Why would anyone want to go through life and age with disease when it's an option to take that shit out right now? Yeah, like absolutely. Like where where we're gonna be in twenty years is gonna determine what we do right now. Yeah, how many old people do you see that are just they have to have a walker? They have to have help getting around. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, coincidentally, like I was with a lot of family this weekend, and a few relatives are like that, and all I could think to myself was just like, God, I can't go out like that. Right, like, I gotta. I got to hit the gym. I got to like watch what I eat, uh, take care of myself. Um, especially again, since I've seen those people, like those people exist. Mm-hmm. And when I'm at the gym, I see those 65 year olds who are like fucking, they're killing it. it. Yeah. They're, they're fucking, fucking killing it. it on their workout. And I'm like, here I am struggling with this simple workout. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's just, that's just life, man. Like that's life. The people who get it earlier in life are the ones who are going to, take care of all the variables that are in their control right so we look at in in the united states like the big main killers top two main killers three main killers stroke heart attack diabetes yeah all of those are within our control the majority of them right Mm -hmm. what you eat your your diet will determine how much plaque you have around your coronary arteries plain and simple Uh, when it comes to stroke that has a lot to do with how your blood's forming right Mm -hmm. with the vessel structure um, that you have within your brains, your your veins, your arteries, arterioles, all things like that. Uh, and then diabetes, that's all diet too. So the three biggest contributors to death in this country are all within our control. Yeah, I, I feel like that's something that, um, again, it seems obvious when you say it like that, but I doubt that's on people's minds. It's not. I, I, I know it's like, not. Especially with diabetes, people are just thinking, oh, it's in the family. You just get it. It's like, no. Well, no, you can keep it off. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And it, once again, intermittent fasting can actually help reduce and prevent type 2 diabetes. 
Holy shit. Ow. Boom. I know, right? <laughs> but the, the thing is, in the fitness industry, you can't sell intermittent fasting. There's no, you really? Can't, you can't monetize it. How? Oh, that's true. You can't. Oh, here. Let me write down a piece of paper what you can do. Yeah. Uh, don't eat for 24 hours. Nothing. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> like, what the fuck? You can't monetize that. I can't give that. you a supplement. I can't get... No, like, you can't sell yeah. it. Therefore, it's it's not... It's like frowned upon. Uh, there's a lot of fucking... It's frowned upon? Fuck yeah. For Whoa. a lot of people. A lot of people do not like the idea that you restrict calories for 24 hours. One, usually these type of people who are like anti-intermittent fasting, they have fucking food addiction. They cannot... Those are the people who walk by a box of donuts and cannot just not fucking grab it. That's usually me on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave me alone with a box of donuts. I'll fuck shit up. <laughs> but it, it's not even like it's not even like oh that looks good. I'm gonna have it. It's like it's like fuck. Oh. It's oh, looking it's at like... me. It's looking at me. Eye contact done. Grabbed oh. in my mouth. <laughs> it's like it's an impulse. It is an impulse, right? So we we look at all the processed food that is in packages and wrappers around um, around the stores, right? Nutrigrain bars, fucking granola bars. Yeah, those aren't technically bad, but they're packaged, right? So technically, they're processed. Mm -hmm. With using that same uh, using that same type of uh, way to think about food, like processed food actually makes you addicted to it processed carbohydrates specifically there's functional mris that show the function of the brain when artificial um uh, carbs are consumed lights up the opiate receptors in the brain so an artificial carb would be anything that's processed anything in a wrapper anything that has been previously and pretty much everything that doesn't come from nature right anything that touches a machine or comes from a factory and a natural carb would be sweet potato sweet potato okay right right so uh where was i where was i just going um Oh, functional forms, MRI. Yeah. So the functional MRIs. So do you are you guys do you guys know what the opiate receptors in the brain are by any chance? Uh, I mean, I've heard the term on a couple of shows. So pretty much the opiate receptors in the brain, they are the reward centers in the brain. Mm. So people who are addicted to heroin, morphine, Norco's, Vicodin, that same uh, pleasure brain pleasure center in your brain lights up every time you eat that food. So uh, when you're okay. eating, let's say it's holidays, you're eating cheesecake, you're eating pumpkin pie, you're eating ice cream, all that processed shit, then you're all of a sudden going to want more and want more and want yeah. more. And then what's that common term that you always hear? People like when uh, they haven't eaten in a while and they get like fucking like cranky and shit. Hangry. Exactly. Yeah. They get hangry because they're going through sugar withdrawals. Oh, as soon as they crap. get their fix, guess what? Oh, they're fucking happy. They're smiling. They're laughing again. Yeah. I think a lot. I think most people go through that. Exactly, but yeah. what people don't realize is that they have a mild food addiction to the mm-hmm. carbohydrates. Right. Uh, I think sugar is probably the main one because that fucking shit's in everything. It is, yeah. Dude. yeah, I high think, fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Two day. Two months ago, I really did like because I. I'd always kept hearing like you should always read the label what you're eating. And I'm like, I finally did it like a couple of months ago, and I'm like, oh fuck, this sugar, <laughs> fucking everything. Like, sorry. Um. Even like the healthy stuff, the, the granola is. bars, you're like, oh shit, there's sugar in there. There's sugar in everything, <laughs> dude. It's unavoidable. Yeah. It's com- it's so unavoidable. So like I, I'm, I'm Mexican, uh, grew up in Tustin, Santa Ana area. Like uh, the Mexican culture is terrible with it. Mm-hmm. And they're one of the populations who has a very high, high, high percentage of diabetes. And I mean, like what are common themes that fucking Hispanic people eat? Beans. Hmm. Rice, tortillas, panduce, but all the sweet shit. Hot Cheetos. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
I mean, if, if, if your main diet is composed of those things, it's going to add up and add yeah. up and add up and add up. Before you know it, you're going to be on this other side of the fence without ever seeing the fence in the first place. Right. You know? By the way, like hot Cheetos also has sugar in it, yeah. even though it's it does. salty as fuck. Well, and then <laughs> one of the main things is the Ilotero man, the guy with the corn, oh you know, my God, that's, yeah. that's, for, that's for the sugar high fructose, you know, <sighs> corn syrup. That's where yeah. it comes from. Corn, that's the main source of it. It is. That shit's subsidized, man. Fucking yeah. government pays all these fucking farmers to make sure that they get their corn so you can put them in the soft drinks. And yeah. Cut I mean, costs on sugar production. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been trying to cut back. It's like I'll skip dessert and as hard as that is for me, um, cut back on the soda. It's, that's a big one for me too. Um, but yeah, sugar, it's so hard to avoid because it's so good. Yeah. Right. So taking it way back in the day, back again, man, like back in the hunter and gatherer days, fruit was only in season for one time of the year. It was summertime. So during that time, we as humans would recognize that sweetness is calories Mm -hmm. and we would need those calories because we're active, days are longer, there's more game to go hunt, so we would need to fuel extra, right? So when we would find sugar, we would just gorge on it because that was the only time of the year it would be available. So with that same concept, applying it now, anything that tastes good is rewarding to us. So we Mm -hmm. want more because biologically we are programmed to recognize that sugar as calorie dense goodness, survival. And as men, we want to pass on our seed to the next generation. So you want to make sure you get that sugar, you know? Yeah. And I know there are critics of that whole paleolithic diet who think that way, but um, even with that, people criticize it. Like cutting out the sugar in general, it's just a good idea. Oh like, yeah, it's just gonna make you fatter. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's not even so much about like the fatness aspect. Yeah. That's just that's like a side effect of just too many calories in general. Mm-hmm. But there's so much uh, research that's being done right now that shows that uh, sugar reduction and calorie reduction increases life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So there's all these animal studies that are being done, uh, like on in, in mice, and they're showing like an extra fifteen percent increase in their average lifespan just from having a calorie restricted and sugar restricted diet wow 15 percent. so average yeah. say i don't know average human lives what 86 yeah 15 percent of that added on is what i don't know 101 yeah 98 ish jeez right putting yeah. my 401k so, into use that's <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> yeah i mean i guess like and uh I, I guess what i did was just again cut back on that extra dessert cut back on yeah, that croissant you might absolutely. get at starbucks that, that's an awesome start oh well, a big one that helped me black coffee i got oh, used to I black coffee i love black coffee yeah as soon as i cut out like all the, the lattes the macchiato all that bullshit mm-hmm. like, it, again even then i started to feel a little better yeah i mean you're just consuming less of it less mm-hmm. of that just junk ultimately mm-hmm. your body likes so that much sugar in it really things, really yeah. does and honestly like for you obviously you and i are like on different levels of like fitness and taking care and awareness levels. well yeah you look like some of the comic book drugs <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I th- actually out of all the guests we've had on the show you're the closest that looks like to a comic book character <laughs> yeah you yeah we went to the fit expo oh, i mean you were there too yeah, but yeah i mean you, you oh you were there oh no you were there a different day i think i went on the uh, I went on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We went Saturday. on Saturday. Okay, yeah. yeah, and you were one of the few where it was just like, yeah, you belong here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, even I would argue like that's not true because when we were there, we saw a ton of people of all different di- shapes and sizes, and they were just trying to like meet people or learn something about themselves. It's that's actually a convention I'd push people to go to, yeah. whether you're in shape or not. Like, granted, a lot of people are in their workout clothes going there. And looking oh yeah. Fantastic, but it goes to that perception. Don't let that stop you. Like they they look like that, you know, for a few hours a day. Oh yeah, you know, 
go there, learn about stuff. They have like plenty of things to do there. Like that. That's. I guess that'd be a good first step for a lot of nerds. I right? think that was perfect because it's welcoming. You know, I, I don't want to say like. Uh, oh, it absolutely yeah, is. Yeah. I don't want to say like uh, arc. You know, like nerd comic cons or nerd conventions, things like that. They're not welcoming, but this was like a different welcome. Like mm-hmm. it was just more comfortable. Like as soon as you walked in, everybody was so cool. Like there was no judging. Yeah, everybody was just in a like That's- a like a like a zen place. You know, mm-hmm. just very like in tone with who they are. Yeah, and, you hit it on the head yeah. there. It's like it's. Um, uh, very welcoming. There's no judgment, and I, I feel like that's what a lot of people uh, who are geeks, nerds, who live very sedentary lifestyles, um, you know, introverted. I think that's what they're afraid of, mm-hmm. and I feel like Fit Expo was like a good one where like, no, you don't get any of that. There, just go there. People want to help you. Yeah, yeah. And then that's that was cool. My experience over there at the Fit Expo, it was it was interesting, man. There's just products, products, products. Obviously, mm-hmm. from a business aspect, I'm looking right. okay, like, looking how, at competitors. How are, yeah, <laughs> competitors, ideas. Uh, what is this brand offering? And this one doesn't. Like, uh, what 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 angle are you guys coming at? Oh, you know, there's fucking thousands of protein products. Mm-hmm. Why is yours different? Oh, exactly. You know, oh, well, it's from organic oats or we grow it from honeycomb on an organic farm or whatever the fuck, whatever angle it is, it's something unique, you know? Yeah. Um, But it was just interesting to see so many people kind of coming together just to kind of like celebrate a healthier way of living, mm-hmm. you know, and that I've never been to a fit expo other than that one. That was the only one I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely eye opening to see that so many people from like the fitness side were just like, Hey, come check out. This is what we're about. Yeah, you know? I, w- I was shocked at how crowded it was. Yeah, because yeah. no. I figured it's like, eh, most people don't want to go to the gym. Like, oh no, there were a lot of people at this mm-hmm. thing. Um, and it wasn't just the supplements and the food, it was also like the activities that you could get exposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many calories arm wrestling would burn, but <laughs> uh, I mean, there were other things like, you know, dodgeball and jiu-jitsu and the, yeah, the, the Spartan races. Yeah. yeah. They had the Air Force uh, obstacle course that was there. Oh, we missed that one. No, that, we, that was there we right saw next to the arm wrestling. It. Yeah, yeah, arm yeah, wrestling. Right we the, saw it, but we didn't do the. There was a powerlifting competition that was going on. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. We yeah, did yeah, see yeah. the powerlifting one. Uh, that's just that's just cool shit, man. Everyone's kind of like putting their stuff on display. It's like, come check it out. And there was the personalities too, like your um, Instagram personality. I saw a couple of people there. Yeah, yeah, you know, people that are just jacked. Um, and who knows yeah. on what? But well, yeah, <laughs> even with those people, it's like I think once you get past the initial perception of their appearance, you have to realize like. No, they put in a ton of work. Mm-hmm. Even if they were genetically disposo- uh, disposed to like being that way, like they still have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just happen. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, I, I think like the, the the planning you do is huge, and I think part of it is just opening it up to people. Because yeah. I remember my first steps of like this, like me being trying to be more healthy. Those were the hardest. It is because it's it's a lot of habit breaking. It's a lot of. Uh, I guess being honest with yourself. It is. The accountability. Um, the accountability is huge. Like You have to answer to yourself at the end of the day. If you're going to allow yourself to cut corners and you know fucking do all this and that, then that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that half-assed result. You're going to be disappointed with yourself. You're going to feel like you let yourself down. Then you're going to start reaching for things to make yourself feel better, which is the thing you're usually, trying to avoid. Yeah, it's usually it's, some it's kind of comfort cycle, food. Man. It's an endless cycle, and I see so many people in it. And from my perspective, too, like it's hard for me to kind of relate to the struggles sometimes because I don't struggle. I'm well, not, yeah, you've been doing this your whole life. Yeah. Almost. And, and so it's, it's hard for me sometimes to kind of relate to people. Um, but I, I don't struggle. Like if I want a cookie, I'll fucking eat a cookie. If I want a piece of, if I want two pieces of pumpkin, I'm going to eat them. Right. But you have that discipline to where it's like, I'm going to go to the gym or like, I'm going to fast 
this day. oh yeah fuck yeah dude i'm on yeah. a routine i'm on a i'm on a schedule um i know exactly how many times a week i'm lifting i know what i'm hitting every time i go into the gym uh i know what days i'm doing muay thai mm-hmm. what time what days i'm doing boxing what times i'm doing jujitsu oh actually let's go into that what what is what's your workout like so it's gonna de- i mean once again however whatever goals you have there's a specific way to train like i have pretty much maxed out my genetic potential i don't have much more uh, mass to gain i don't have much more body fat to lose uh, sustainably, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just maintaining right now. My goals that I want to have for myself is to be strong, mm-hmm. to be functional, to be conditioned, and to apply the strength that I have, that I've generated, that I've, that I've lifted for 15 years. And there's been some times where I've kind of found myself in positions uh, that have been very vulnerable, whether it was like uh, like with a chick and dude's trying to punk me or uh, just getting caught in a wrong fucking back alley with some fucking rough dudes who just think they can fuck with me because I'm a small dude. Yeah. Um, like I want to be able to apply what I have. Right. And so I want to learn how to apply my strength, which is why I kind of got into like uh, boxing and MMA. Right. Back to functional. I feel like that's one a lot of people skip because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like these bullshit lifts from like back in the day. I learned them like, when, when, when would I ever be in this position? Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, like some things serve no purpose. Yeah. For example, like bench pressing is not a functional movement by yeah. any means. It's not. It's not functional. It'll generate strength. Mm-hmm. It's good for maybe structure of your upper back and your chest. But like, when are you really going to be on your back or against the wall trying to push something with all your might off of you? In case a bus falls on me, bro. Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> there you go. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, I hate when that happens. God. <laughs> Again, this week. That's twice this week. <laughs> oh, God, what is what is OCTA doing? God, uh, <laughs> right? I mean, even for athletes, benching is not functional. Right, it's just not. Yeah, I actually switched from like I, I don't do the flat bench as much with the barbell. I just do the machine. If anything, if I'm working my chest, do that works. Any any weight that you can stimulate your muscles to be challenged is fucking perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Whether it's push ups, whether it's dips, it could be body weight. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, what is a, a functional lift to you? Then? So functional would be being able to control your body weight through a range of motions. So mm-hmm. a pull-up, very mm-hmm. functional. Um, controlling a weight that's moving, a uh, kettlebell swing. Oh, actually, not too long ago, I, I did learn a few exercises on that. Like, yeah, that it's strange because, um, and, and I know it, it seems trendy if you see it on Instagram and stuff. Like, no, those workouts work different muscle groups. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't think of, like, working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like snatching something off the ground and putting it on your shoulder, like, yeah. Oh wait! Yeah, I do that. Yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, just like I keep coming back to this. Whatever goal you have, there's a very specific way to train. Mm-hmm. So the way I would train myself would be different than how I would train my fighter Richie. Right. Like he needs to be strong, explosive, quick. He needs to He's trying to kill somebody. Yeah. Like this dude's a soldier. <laughs> yeah. He's a fucking modern day gladiator, and he needs to be trained. He needs to be conditioned. He needs to be strong through all ranges of motion. Have the flexibility to get in funky positions so he can crank his legs around some dude's neck right. and cut off circulation. Like yeah. that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that just reminded me of this. I mean, I'm sure you do them too, but the Turkish get-up. Oh, fuck. Yeah, like, oh I my love God. that workout oh just because God. it's it's a set of very awkward movements that work all these muscles that you wouldn't think of working, but, like, you'd need to work those. Uh, if Turkish get-ups were a woman, I would marry her. <laughs> I swear to God. It, Have I, you ever done one? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's either a... Um, what do you call it? You can either either take a dumbbell or you okay. can take a uh, ke- ke- yeah, and you just go straight up. I've seen what's his name, um, 
He plays for, I think he plays for the Lions now. Um, Haloti uh, Nada. And okay. he did it with a 150 pound dumbbell. Gosh, damn. Yeah. And I, I mean, he's just an athlete, dude. That's fucking But he got popped dude. a couple years ago for PEDs. But uh, who I mean, hasn't? even though, yeah, right? Who hasn't? But <laughs> even though, still, like, to be an athlete, it'd be a uh, nose tackle, to do something in that form, holy shit. Yeah. I, I did those with like a 30 pound weight and I was exhausted. That shit's hard. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, your, your shoulders, shoulder stability, shoulder strength, you're using your Mm -hmm. core you're pretty much using every fucking muscle in your body Mm -hmm. to go from the laying position to the standing position with the weight over your head right you're using your arm to brace your shoulder to push your tricep to extend your hip to drive to get the bridge your obliques to straighten up your hamstrings your glutes your quads to stand with it overhead like everything then you have to control that and reverse it yeah honestly like if there's one movement that every human being should do that should be it literally wow it is poetry in motion at the finest level yeah because it's um most people when they think weightlifting it's like pushing something heavy you mm-hmm. know, picking something up i think powerlifting no, yeah no one thinks like control mm-hmm. yeah and that's so huge cause... and a lot of grunting <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't go to planet fitness i can grunt all i want yeah right. I, got, I got a couple times <laughs> wait really yeah but it wasn't oh. even for grunting because it was uh I, I don't grunt but i i dropped my weights a little too loud they well, said, if it's heavy. Yeah, exactly. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Gently set it down, Yeah, sir. right. <laughs> 120s are too big. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, again, people just don't think about lifts that way. Or mm-hmm. They just think it's like, oh, you have to be able to lift the world over your head. And like, no, there's a lot of different things. They can do with a twenty-five pound kettlebell. There's a ton of things like yeah. kettlebells. Kettlebells are like the single most versatile piece of equipment anyone can own. Mm-hmm. Um, if, oh, for listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, it's those things that look like a cannonball with a handle on it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Solid <laughs> iron. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. what it is. Yeah. The uh, r- the Russian army gets a standard issue seventy-two pound kettlebell. <laughs> Russians. God damn. Hey, that fucking That's... that that Rocky movie. With Ivan Drago? Yeah. Yeah. That's just real. real. That's that shit, that's yeah. a different kind of white Fact. person. Right? Yeah. Fact. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, they're like, so there's this one dude, his name, uh, what the fuck is his name? Um, Pavel... Tetsuli? Yes. Tetsuli. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Pavel Tetsulin, yes. I, yeah, no, I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, so this dude is like the fucking godfather of strength and conditioning. For the for like any professional Russian lifting team or event, the Russians. So this is an interesting fact. Mm-hmm. Um, the Russians hold I want to say like twenty six of thirty two world records for uh, strength to weight ratios. So they have all these little skinny dudes lifting stupid amounts of weights. <laughs> the USA, being us, being the fucking best country ever, we decided to go change those weight classes that threw off the Russians from holding the records. Oh, some some dirty shit right there. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> so the, so USA, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 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 what we did to make sure the Russians wouldn't fucking be ahead. I mean, and that shit goes back to the Cold War. It goes back to a fucking bunch of political bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But reason is like the Russians know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. They have been knowing what they're doing. And they're I mean, good at what they do. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to do in Russia? Just yeah. lift heavy shit. <laughs> Dude, right? I mean, every- Lift wrestle, heavy shit and wrestle bears. Wrestle bears. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, I swear. Like, Russians are fucking Shout crazy. Shout out to Gabi. For real. For real. Like, he yeah. was insulted. That's why he fucking hopped the fence. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh Looking like God. an eagle. 
<laughs> he did literally you know what was scary about that he didn't go after just some random dude in Connor's corner it was like Dylan Dennis who's like a jiu-jitsu genius yeah I'm like oh fuck you're like picking a fight with that dude after you just fought <laughs> Jesus he was ready for round two or I mean uh, he was ready for the next fight dude. yeah right. yeah yeah Russians man no joke yeah. Russians no so back to Pavel yeah, yeah. Pavel literally came up with this workout plan called like the superhuman strength and his philosophy is simple you need to train like superman in order to be like superman you need to have fast explosive movements in your workout routine and you need to have slow controlled movements see for all you nerds out there like superman there you yeah go. no yeah. for real yeah. that's yeah. literally what it is the kettlebell swing works everything your posterior chain so upper back lower back mid back hamstrings glutes Everything, grip strength, forearms, traps, everything. So that's a fast, explosive, hip-dominant movement. Mm -hmm. So for any athlete, for any functional individual, for somebody who wants to reduce back pain and just fucking get a workout in within 10, 15 minutes, that's the way to do it. Just do kettlebell swings, do 15 kettlebell swings every 30 seconds. Yeah, I think the first lift they teach you with a kettlebell is that basic swing. Yeah. Yeah. So fast, explosive movements, and then you want to have a slow, controlled movement, which is going to be the Turkish getup. So you want to cover all aspects, fast and explosive, and then slow and strong, right? So the Russians have a very interesting way that uh, they like to use, or a term they use as American lifters. They call the workouts that we do here Barbie and Ken workouts because everyone's trying to fucking look good. So out over in Russia, they're like, no, like, I don't care how I look. I'm going to train like a man, and I'm going to fuck my woman like a man too. God so damn. So she's going to get ragdolled. <laughs> well, then they got to fight off the bear. That's yeah. <laughs> it's like, shit. Dude, so, I mean, I mean, so that's like the Russian mentality. It's like that's just what they embrace. That's who they are. That's how they function. That's just how they're programmed. Jesus. Like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to be the fucking best at it. No one's going to tell me otherwise. Yeah, if I'm ever in Russia, I'm not picking up <laughs> <with> anybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to get thrown through a window. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's just that's just how Russians are. They're very scientific in their approach. Uh, they're mm-hmm. very methodical, and they do a bunch of crazy fucking studies, and they keep the data to themselves just to have the upper hand. But wait, so they keep the data to themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, what what have we gotten from that? Just um, well, if you if you look at anabolic steroids, mm-hmm. for one, uh, back in the day, depending on who you ask, um, the United States was trying to beat Russia during some of the Olympics, mm-hmm. so they ended up getting. Um, a molecular compound from a Russian scientist who was drunk at a bar. Got of that course. Wait, there you of go. Course. It sounds like a movie. Took, what? Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. I, I think it was like nine. Fuck, I don't remember the date. I'll, I'm going to give it wrong info. Don't quote me on this. It was like yeah. 1948 or some shit. Way back in the day, the Russians were fucking dominating the strength program just as they always have. Course, yeah. And this r- drunk Russian gave this American who didn't know he was American what like what they're using and it was testosterone that's like the grandfather of all anabolics that exist is testosterone so every other compound that comes that exists comes from that molecule and it's synthesized to have certain properties and certain outcomes for whatever you're trying to accomplish okay that makes a ton of sense then oh wow no explains every steroid out there then explains why you know 
I mean, a few years ago, TRT was all the rage in mm-hmm. MMA. Yeah, so, fuck yeah. yeah. I mean, there there is some... Fuck r- Gusada. <laughs> 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 there is some research that shows that uh, having like traumatic brain injuries, mm-hmm. like your, um, I believe it's your pituitary gland, that uh, there's a gland in your brain that secretes hormones. And that once you get punched in the head too many times, take too many kicks, too many shots to the head, right. that gland no longer works as efficiently as it used to. So therefore, you don't have the right hormones in your body, which creates the depression creates low cognitive functioning decreased mood decreased sex drive which is why replacing those hormones Got it. brings you back up to optimization where you should have been before you took those hits would that have to do or tie in with anything with cte cte not familiar with that it's the i i think that's more like brain damage it's um Oh God! It, it's it stands for something really long. I can't pronounce. Oh, no idea. But it, it's related to like concussions and stuff. More yeah. not, not so much to the like the glands and hormones. And okay. Well, that. I mean, ultimately, what happens from traumatic brain injuries is th- the repetitiveness of the beating just slowly decreases the functioning of the brain. So right. I'm not sure if you're referring to like something that happens like slowly over time, or like one immediate impact from like like a, like a veteran who's coming back from like Afghanistan or Iraq. Okay. Like fucking like from a fucking bomb that goes off or some shit. Like. Like that will do like the same type of damage. Instead of doing it over the long term, it'll happen immediately, and they'll just blow out part of their fucking cavities in their head. Oh shit! No, I, I was talking about like referring to like CT is just an overtime where you take a lot of hits in the head, a lot of concussions. Um, you know, and a lot of NFL players are going through this, and they're just they lose memory. Um, they forget who they are sometimes. Um, and then just they just they don't produce enough. I don't know the scientific terms at all or anything like that, but it's a chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Cephalopathy. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so you're you were familiar with the term, at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Encephalopathy. Encephalopathy is uh, just fucking like an inflammation of part of the brain. Oh, I see. Okay. Um. Well, back to um diet mm-hmm. um I, w- I wanted to ask you about a couple of like these gimmick diets that yeah. i mean paleo isn't i don't want to call it a gimmick diet because it does get results mm-hmm. but i mean there are other ones out there i mean are there any credibility to let's say the vegan diet the carnivore diet the man any- like this is such a hot topic right now yeah um, there's so much like fucking hysteria over what camp people belong to. You right. got the fucking vegan movement, fucking pea protein, blah, blah, blah. We're saving the fucking environment. Yeah. Cool. No, I got, I mean, we got a buddy who's like vegan. Yeah, no, he's all about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's well, cool. Well, he's somewhat. He's, he's, he's working towards that. Right. <laughs> and then you got the complete opposite movement, the fucking carnivore diet. Yeah. People only eating meat. Like That's a fucking, new one that's, I'm like, even I'm like, that eh, sounds a little strange. Right? Yeah. I mean, that is, like there's so many different ideologies that people want to subscribe to they they subscribe to it and all of a sudden everything else is like fucking inferior now mm. you know that's that's a problem that i'm really seeing and hearing a lot about oh i'm paleo or i'm this so i identify with this lifestyle with these ideals it's almost replacing religion yeah that's kind of what it is yeah when in reality it's like fuck what you really eat just eat a well-balanced diet be aware of your portions and just fucking walk around and jogs from time to time well you know for the standard American is—is is there something you consider like a well-balanced diet? Um, first and foremost, I believe the term diet is misused completely. Okay. Uh, when people say they're dieting, that's a misuse of the word. The term diet actually refers to the food that you consume day in and day out. 
right? Oh, okay. Yeah, so first and foremost, people are just misusing the word diet. Mm-hmm. So if I were to kind of suggest some well-balanced, natural, like indigenous type of food, I would say Mediterranean it's very oh. clean, very healthy. Yeah. Seafood, healthy fats, um, complex carbohydrates. That's pretty well balanced with that just specific part of the world. Sounds like a lot of olive oil. Yeah, a lot of oil, healthy yeah. fats. Yeah, health, healthy fats. There you yep. go. Healthy fats. Um, fats. Uh, but there's a lot of research showing nowadays that fats do not have the detriment that which we originally thought. So everyone wants to say, you know, low fat this, low fat that. This is mm-hmm. fucking, it's bad, causes heart disease. Yeah, are those low fat foods any better or worse for us? I wouldn't touch them. Really? Not at all. No, I wouldn't touch them. Oh. So the reason being, there was a study that was done way back in the 40s. It was like a meta-analysis. There was a scientist that went out and studied. Uh, uh, meta-analysis is like a study of studies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, this person uh, went out and started collecting data from all these different countries. I want to say that there were 26 countries that he studied. And he was trying to study the correlation between heart disease and fat. Mm-hmm. And what he realized was that there was no association between them. Countries that consumed high fat and low fat both have the same incidences of heart disease. What he started looking at was a carbohydrate intake huh. with the fat. He started realizing that high fat with high carbohydrates increased the risk of cardiovascular diseases. But what he did before he pub- before this individual published or this group of people published this, they emitted all the data that suggests that you can have a high fat diet without heart disease. So the the low fat movement was actually complete bogus and bullshit just so they can start, uh, uh, my guess is starting pushing this. Yeah, a marketing thing. Right? Yeah, marketing, pretty much. Jeez. Subsidizing all the high fructose corn syrup, low fat, low fat. Because you needed like a generic term that the average person would understand is healthy. Yeah, and then right, then you have the fucking Atkins diet. Oh, wait, so what? what's the difference between like Atkins and versus... Dude, honestly, I really haven't gotten caught up in them. I believe uh, Atkins is just a standard low carb. You need to oh, have like okay. under 50, what is it, 50 grams of carbs per day or something. Okay. Yeah, low to no carbs, basically, yeah. yeah. Pretty low, which is very similar to keto. Yeah, because that was like all the rage a few years ago. Right. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, like everything that has momentum, everything comes in waves and fads, which is why I don't subscribe to any fad diet. Like it comes and goes. It's temporary. Yeah, that keto diet is like huge right now. What's funny is that it's been around for fucking ever. Really? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Cyclical ketogenic has been around since like the fucking 80s. Huh. Is it nothing new? But some person on Instagram, I'm I'm supposing with abs, fucking is like, oh, check this out. This is what I'm following. Here's my program. You want it. You can buy a discounted rate, blah, blah, blah. Boom. Some person follows it and is fucking taking drugs with it as well. All of a sudden, they're ripped and shredded, and it fucking works. Yeah, I saw. I, mean, I saw. Oh, I'm sorry. I saw the guy. He was uh, there's some guy that's blowing it up. He it's on Facebook, and it's keto to fat to keto. Like he lost or he lost weight, and he gained it back, and then he lost again with the keto diet. Yeah, keto is not sustainable, man. It's not sustainable. It's oh. not sustainable at all. So you could probably get the results for a short amount of time. Then temporary. Oh. Yep. You follow something temporary, you're going to have temporary results. That's... Oh. Right. Again, that seems obvious, mm-hmm. but when you actually get into the practice, yeah, it's a whole different Yeah, which animal. is why, once again, back to my business, I'm teaching sustainability. Mm-hmm. You know, have balance. Learn what food groups you do, you need to eat. Learn what portions are right for you, so for really, your goal. So really, it's not about like 
cutting everything out. No, absolutely not. I I don't, I don't I do not believe in restricting anything. Okay. Obviously you should reduce certain things, mm-hmm. reduce processed foods, but you know what? If you've been good for a week or two and you want your fucking milkshake, crush it after a workout, dude. It's not going to fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. Just go back to doing what you were doing before that. Right. And I, I feel like part of that falling off that discipline is like they'll see people will see like a pro athlete just cutting out everything mm-hmm. and you're like no you don't have to do that he's that pro athlete has a specific function he's yeah. working for exactly you don't have to do that yeah you're not him you're yeah. not michael phelps exactly. racing for 14 gold medals spending seven hours a day in the pool like you don't need to do that exactly. you know or people try to justify it. oh you know the rock the rocks diet fucking dwayne johnson jesus yeah <laughs> oh you know he, holy he's shit. fucking yeah, 14 dude. pancakes and a dozen eggs at one sitting all completely natural yeah, yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> totally that, at 45 years old or whatever he is yeah he was a freak he he is literally like the he won the genetic lottery yeah. he did he yeah. did yeah without question he did that that's samoan blood and half that, black half black that he just uh, yeah. yeah i think that's another thing people have to accept too sometimes we don't all get dealt the same cards no not at all yeah not I, by mean, any means. I might whoops i might handle like a certain food differently than you. oh fuck yeah you yeah. will absolutely um for example um if you if we look at like inuits like the indigenous people up at like in, like in alaska the mm-hmm. fucking eskimos they have a very terrible carbohydrate tolerance terrible because mm. if you look at how many generations or millennia they've been up there in alaska dude they're eating nuts they're eating fish and that's pretty much their whole fucking diet oh and like blubber yes yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, Lard. so they probably they're better with fats way better so that would be someone who could potentially benefit from fasting and from keto right if that's so, what they wanted to follow i mean that's their natural diet that's what their body has been you know bred for millennia to use as energy that's what their body prefers sense. well so then the fasting would that do you think that would be beneficial to most of the population? That would be beneficial to any human being. Any human being. Yep. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. Because pretty much what you're doing is you're tapping in to the built-in mechanisms for your body to sustain naturally. It's all you're doing. You're using what you've been given. Wow. So with intermittent fasting, like how many, like how would you schedule that? So, like I told you like sometimes I don't eat, I basically most of the time don't eat till two. Mm-hmm. So I mean, how would you schedule a fasting schedule? So there are different approaches uh, to intermittent fasting. There's alternate day fasting. There's 24 hour fast. There's uh, where you eat for eight hours a day and fast for 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the five, two method. There's so many different ways, but it's all essentially the same thing. It just kind of depends what is flexible and sustainable for you. Okay. So what, what was that, that last one? The five, two, the five, two, where you eat regularly for five days, like Monday through Friday, and then you fast like Saturday, Sunday. Oh, wow. That sounds so <laughs> what consists of fasting. Like, I mean, obviously you have to drink water. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much fasting is, uh, d- is, kind of let's see the specific definition would say that there's no consumable calories that you're intaking at all zero okay so pretty much zero calorie consumption just water basically yeah water uh unsweetened tea black coffee Monster oh, I can have black coffee. Shit, I might like. Yeah, I might give it a shot then. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Okay, if I can have black coffee, I can function. Yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, absolutely. Have fucking four cups. Knock yeah. yourself out. Yeah, this is how this show works. Just black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if my job knew how much work got done just because of black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and is there any like coffee that you specifically drink that's like a brand or anything like that? Not just, really. No? Um, I I'm a little bougie. I'll be fucking honest. I like my coffee in a French press. <laughs> 
Hey, there you go. Yeah, hey, there you I go. mean that's that's just, that's how I am personally. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't mind putting the time and effort in something if I know I'm going to get something out. You know, I like sense. to invest. I like to invest my time. So I'm investing in my health. I'm investing in my food. I'm taking care of myself. You know. Okay. So with that being said, I drink coffee every fucking day. I want it to be a good cup. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy it. I want to then be like, especially if that's your primary like fuel for the yeah. Day. yeah. So I want to enjoy. I want to be in the fucking moment. I want to f- smell the aromas. I'm drinking that. You know, mm-hmm. it makes it that much more pleasurable. Sometimes I'll cook food for myself. I'll have I'll crack open a bottle of wine, have a couple glasses while I'm fucking grilling a steak, making some potatoes, making my veggies. By the time everything's done, I got a little buzz going on, having a fucking mm-hmm. man meal. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of um. Well, what schedule are you on for fasting? So for fasting, I like to go for two 24-hour fasts per week. Okay, so that's the 5-2. So the 5-2 would be you pretty much stack those two d- fasting days back to back. I spread mine out. You spread yours out. Got yeah. It. Okay. Um, the the other approach, there's several other ones. Alternate day fasting is like you eat regularly for one day and then you fast the next day. Eat regularly, fast. So literally every other day you're fasting. I think that's pretty fucking aggressive to be quite honest. To be quite honest, right? Um, the six, the sixteen eight. That's usually that's considered like the lean gains approach. That's this dude kind of coined it that term. Pretty much, you just do that every single day. So you allow yourself to eat all your meals in this window. Oh, that's kind of what I do. Like, yeah, so I, like, I was kind of doing inter like I think that's what Terry uh, Crews does. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. was kind of doing it just inadvertently. I was just like, oh shit, I don't eat till two, and then yeah, and yeah. boom, it's here. It's like oh shit, yeah. I'll eat. Yeah, so um. There, there are pros and cons to these things. Um, mm-hmm. They're ob- obviously relative. I personally don't like uh, eating in the eight-hour window mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm smashing all my meals in. I'm like, I'm eating when right. I'm not hungry. I'm like, I have to, like, I shouldn't have to do this. Got but it. if I want to get my calories for the day, like, I have to. You know, if I'm going to work out the next day, I want to be fueled for it. I don't want to have to force feed myself, and I feel like I am when I follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, with the 24-hour, that's a little more aggressive of an approach. Yeah. Um, but you eat regularly the day before. Whatever your last meal of the day is, say you finish eating dinner at 7 o'clock p.m., you go to bed, you sleep for maybe a third of it. And when you say eat regularly, you're not just eating junk. Like you're eating no. like a healthy meal. Yeah. just so Once again, day. that yeah. foundation that you should have, you're having your vegetables, having your protein, your carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you're having everything timed correctly. You know, you're just eating like you normally should, mm-hmm. which is balanced. Right. And then, um, well, I mean, you've obviously been doing it a while. Mm-hmm. What? Do you remember what it was like when you first started doing that? Like your first 24-hour fast? Oh, fuck, dude. So <laughs> first 24-hour fast, I was walking on fucking sunshine, dude. I was really? pissing rainbows. Like my body was rejoicing. I shit you not. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just, I mean, I thought it was like 20, 24, 25 when I actually did it. I read a book. No, first what happened, how I got introduced to it. I have this buddy and uh, he told me, hey, you should try intermittent fasting. You get shredded as fuck. I'm like, well, what's that? He's like, you don't eat for 24 hours. I'm like, you're full of shit. I'm not happening. I'm not going to do that. Like, you're fucking crazy. Um, he's like, all right, well, I'm doing it and it's working. I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm not doing it. Still, too bad. I don't care. So then uh, two years later, one of my buddies like, hey, man, like I, I read this ebook. It sounds really cool. I think you'll dig it. You know more of the science than I do. Check it out. It's called, it's something about intermittent fasting. So it's called Eat, Stop, Eat. I'm like, what is that? So I read it. Uh, I read it the next morning as soon as I woke up. And I think it's like 120 pages. I read 120 pages straight. I could not put it down. Wow. It was just brain fuel for me. I was like just light bulbs going off left and right. I'm like, this sounds too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Sounds way too good to be true. So I ended up just pulling the trigger. I, I think I woke up like at nine. By the time I finished the book, it was like one o'clock. I'm like, 
shit, I ate at eight o'clock last night. I'll just go the rest of the day. I dig it. I feel good. Right. Especially after reading all the benefits. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to try this out. Tried it. Loved it. My body was just floating, dude. Did you have those issues where your stomach was rumbling? Like, did you feel that at all? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. But you have to tell yourself, like, I'm eating at this time. I'm not mm-hmm. going to break it for that. Like, I, there's going to be certain cues that you have. Mm-hmm. You just have to work past them. Period. Uh. Mark a time that you're going to eat and don't fucking break. Just don't. See, now I'm super curious because I can make it to like three or four. Stretch it, dude. Fairly easily. I'm Stretch like, it. Shit, so what, like, try this. did you eat dinner tonight? Uh, yeah. I what did. time did you finish? Um, God, what time was it when I finished? It must have been like at, must have been like at five. Perfect, dude. Yeah. By the time you get home, get to bed, wake up, like what time do you wake up tomorrow? Uh, I'm probably waking up around seven. Okay. Well, fuck, dude. That's like three quarters of the fast. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It really is, yeah. dude. It really is. Yeah. So wake up. Go, honestly, so a little hack, fucking fun fact. Get some carbonated water tomorrow. You mm-hmm. feel like your stomach's empty and mm-hmm. it starts rumbling. Start just down in carbonated water. Really? Yep. What is it about the carbonated water? The carbonation uh, actually creates gas in your stomach. Okay. And it expands it. So it gives oh, you kind of so like the, oh. the pseudo full filling. Got it. Um, okay. Stimulants help. Obviously, like uh, when we're when we're eating, we're in rest and digest, right? Mm-hmm. Our parasympathetic nervous system and stimulants help the fight or flight, so it kills your hunger, it turns off your hunger mechanisms. Oh shit! Okay, mm-hmm. that's okay. I might give this a shot then. Do it, fucking do it. Yeah. Do it and do not break. Be like, I'm fucking eating it this time. I don't care what I feel. This is an experience that I fucking subscribe to. Okay, I'm, I got to figure out when because tomorrow I take a client out and I'm like, there's no way I'm avoiding. <laughs> <laughs> like. Well, <laughs> in my day job, but I th- I feel like I can do this. What time are you taking him out? You know, at night we meet him at like well, five. I mean, that's twenty four oh, hours. Well, bring, bring oh no, fast. you're right. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely could. Yeah, fuck yeah, you could. Okay. And another thing too, just if you ever oh, do. Oh no, fuck! I had a couple of pretzels when I got here. God damn it! <laughs> Son <laughs> of a bitch! Uh, <laughs> almost. <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say though? Um, oh yeah, yeah. So once you actually start to fast and you break your fast, you go for like twenty four hours. Your your stomach's gonna shrink. Oh, so what okay. your eyes are always going to be bigger than your stomach when you break a fast. Mm-hmm. You'll put together a plate that you'd normally eat, no problem. You'll get through half of it. You'll be like, oh, like, oh, fuck, I can't finish this shit. Right. Oh. So that's shit. also like one of the mechanisms that happens. Your stomach starts to shrink. So you literally cannot fit that same volume you used to back in you. So it's yeah, easier to calorie gorge restrict. And, yeah. You don't need the lap band, bro. Not exactly. that you ever no. needed it, but I'm just saying, like, that's another <laughs> way of like just cutting down your stomach. Yeah. yeah the body has its own built in mechanism. Holy and shit. W- let's say with like a good workout routine, like, it'll work with this. Like, fuck you won't feel yeah. drained. No, not at all. So I've actually hit PRs on a fast. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you, if you look at, once again, like the energy systems of the body you have three main energy systems you have your foster creatine system which is like for jumping and lifting uh you have your glycolytic system which burns sugar so if you're like on on the cycle or you're running laps it's like mid distance type of energy expenditure then you have your beta oxidative system which is all fat fat usage which would be like a marathoner endurance like straight endurance when you're lifting your uh, glycolytic system is going to be weak like your middle system is going to be very very weak so you have really two options you can go for fucking endurance which is going to be hard because you're fasted and when your body breaks down fat chances are it's going to take a lot longer for your body to reach the actual fat being pulled out from the cells so you're going to fatigue fast when you try to do endurance okay so the best type of of workout you can do when you're fasted is heavy 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 lifting really yes okay 
It's your best bet. So an example, um, for me, for example, if I'm doing an upper body workout, I'll do like fucking three sets of like weighted pull-ups. Mm-hmm. I'll get like a weight belt, hang like a 45. And I'll hit like three sets of five. Shit. I'm going to hit them deadlifts when I do this fasting. Fuck yeah, thing. you yeah. could. Yeah. <laughs> fucking could. And maybe just hit deadlifts and call it a day. Like you don't need really? a lot. Yeah. So you absolutely. don't need the full like hour. Fuck for the- no, dude. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, like, um, I feel like a lot of people think like, the more time you spend in that weight room or on that treadmill, the better. But I don't think that's always the case. No, is that is yeah. complete opposite. In fact, the number one reason why a lot of people don't ever reach their goals, aside from the nutritional aspect, is because they overtrain. That is a rookie mistake. That is a newbie mistake, 100%. See, see overtraining goes against that old school the way I think. I'm sure you're familiar uh-huh. with it, like playing football out here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like that goes against what most people think. It's like most people think the more work you put on, put in the uh, the bigger the rewards. It's counterproductive. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So um, to get geeky, right, is what we're about. Yeah. To get geeky, right, every time you exercise or you subject your body to stress, there's a hormone called cortisol that increases. Mm-hmm. Cortisol in an acute setting, uh, like after a workout, is good because then it slowly decreases. If you start working out, working out, working out, working out, working out, don't rest, and then now you're cutting calories, cutting calories cutting calories and you're working out excessively your body's in a very very terrible state your body gets stressed the fuck out so now think of like a like the tide that comes and goes obviously there's high tide and low tide right Mm -hmm. well what happens if the tide goes up and never comes down shit's gonna flood eventually yeah and that's what happens to your hormonal system to your endocrine system your body has all this um catabolic which means like breaking down it has a very high catabolic hormones that's going to prevent your body from ever building and recovering properly because not only are you in a calorie restriction, but you're overworking as well. So now you're, instead of taking like one set back, two forward, now you're taking 10 back and like one forward. Jesus. I think this is like the most science on any Geek Say What Network show. <laughs> yeah. Like ever. Like yeah. there's three shows in our network and I'm like, there's no way, like what other show had this much science on? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. I mean- English aside and all that other bullshit, this has been amazing, dude. <laughs> We're trying to piss off the CEO. Yeah, CEO's right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but so, no, that's yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, so that's what happens. So a lot of times, for example, um, I just wrote this workout program, and uh, the person who was following it, she's like, uh, I, "I wanted more. I wanted to do more." I'm like, "Oh, well, well, that's cool. I'm glad you could, but the workout's designed for you to leave a little in your gas tank." And she right. didn't understand that concept that I just said to you. Like, you always want to do enough. You want to leave a little bit in your gas tank because that prevents you from like reaching your maximal state of like crisis mode on the inside of your body, right? Because your nervous system is what contracts the muscles and your uh, contracts the nerves and your muscles to fire. So your nervous system needs rest. Needs to recover and recharge, just like a battery, right? If you use too much of the battery, it's going to get weak and it's not going to hold its charge very well. So you got to let it charge before you go back into the gym to use all that juice back again, right? Then you got to look at the mechanical aspect too, which is going to be like the actual muscle fibers. That muscle fiber needs to recover as well. Right. Otherwise, you're going to be training in a suboptimal state and you're never ever going to reach your max or reach your peak like you want. God, that's no, that's huge. And like, um, I, I think that was a mistake. Even I made uh, not too long ago because mm-hmm. I there was a couple of weeks where I tried to work out like five days in a row, and I'm like, I probably didn't need that. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Yeah, for for what my for my personal goals, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to drop the weight. I'm not, you know, I'm not training for a fight or a game or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's like a big concept. So I think the biggest concepts that uh, people can take away from this are like the fasting, the uh, the um, control, 
on your on your diet mm-hmm. and then the understanding of what diet actually means yeah absolutely and then i think the not overtraining. obviously don't fucking slack but yeah right just, there's such a thing as overtraining. yeah finding that middle ground takes time it takes a lot of time um i've been like i've been lifting since i was 15 years old mm-hmm. i've have 16 years under my belt so i know what my body can, is capable of doing i know mm-hmm. when i can push i know what my weaknesses are i know what i'm kind of what i need to take a break when i need to rest um, i have i know all these things about myself i'm very in tune with myself which allows me to kind of test these theories and speak from experience when i talk about these things i think that's a big thing too a lot of people don't test their actual limits like i bet the average person doesn't know what they can lift over their head or what they can squat no or, there, a lot of people are afraid to yeah. not to mention the chances are they don't understand uh like mechanically what they're actually doing to themselves so yeah. if they overload too much or if they're a little aggressive that's what injuries happen god no if i had a dollar for every time i've seen that in the gym yeah yeah so like yeah you want to go over and stop them and then like mm. then they have an attitude about I'm like just trying to just, save yeah. your back bro <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, I'm in my own world when I lift. I just got my headphones on, just cut the world off. When you, you said you started at 15. If you would have known what you knew, would you, would you have liked to start earlier, or do you feel like 15 is the prime age to start at? Um, I think That's no. I think 15 is a good spot to start. Like anytime, like when our fucking nuts drop, we hit puberty for a dude. That's a perfect time to start. Although ho- that's around the time I started. Yeah, because I've yeah. seen some kids, you know, you of course you go on Instagram, you see some kids starting at like shit, 10 or 12 years old, mm-hmm. and they're already kind of jacked up pretty yeah, quick. That's, yeah, that's kind of, that's fucking weird, dude. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I, know, I feel like that's kind of off-putting. I know there's a couple of like l- kids. I think there's like this fucking 15-year-old kid. He's like a little Asian kid, mm-hmm. and he's just fucking jacked. <laughs> He is shredded. <laughs> I'm like, this dude's ready for a show, but it's weird because he's like a kid. He's 15. And he has like fucking no body hair. I'm like, this is fucking weird, dude. That is weird. And All the muscles pushed out the yeah, and he's, yeah. I, think, I think there's like one video that he has. He's like training with like C.T. Fletcher. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what in the oh, fuck shit. is wow. happening? C.T. Fletcher, man. Yeah. yeah. Big deal. Yeah. Like, what is going on? But I mean, yeah, it could I mean, be genetics. It could be. Well, it's definitely genetics. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it has to. Part be. of it is genetics. I'm not sure who he has like doing with nutrition with him. But wait, you don't wait, look wait. like is that. It, just is it is it an Asian kid from like China? Because that's a little close to Russia. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> no, I'm saying. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know where this kid is. Yeah, if he's from here, then I'm like, damn. But if he's from over there, I'm like, I couldn't. Yeah, I don't get know. It. <laughs> I don't know. But this kid's just in the gym at 15. But I think once like hormones start to kick in, once the body starts to mature enough, then you can absolutely start loading it up oh, oh wow mm-hmm. i mean even though like you see like gymnast kids who are doing like body weight stuff like at five six years old that's fine that's not gonna hurt anything um the biggest risk factor that kids have is a uh, fracturing their growth plates that's where the whole like myth comes from of like stunting your growth if you lift too oh, early. Yeah, I heard that a lot when I was a yeah. kid. That yeah. you you don't you don't stay sh- <laughs> I'm, right. I'm five six. <laughs> yeah, so but that, I was again, three, that's why I'm short. Yeah, fucker. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, but that, that should that actually that's not how it is. So the biggest risk for kids, gymnasts specifically, is getting hurt with their growth plates. If you fracture it, that growth plate's not going to fucking grow, Where but the other one will. Growth plates, are they just in every joint? Or? So they're in your long bones. So okay. like uh, your tibia, your humerus, mm-hmm. um, pretty much the bones that grow, your femurs, 
Okay. All the long bones in your body. So if you fracture them or you land hard or you land wrong, then chances are you're going to have one leg shorter than the other for the rest of your life. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Shit. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, obviously that's what goes into like a lot of the gymnasts. They're not tall to begin with at all. No, they're not. A lot of people think they're short because of gymnastics. No, that's the complete opposite. It's actually the other way around. They are good at gymnastics because they're short. Because yeah. of physics. Huh. Have you ever seen a dude six five do a triple backflip? No. Have you seen someone four eleven do a triple backflip? Oh, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Physics. That's it. Because they can oh. flip better. There's less weight. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not as much coming down on their knees. Exactly. Like, oh, okay. So that's part of the reason why gymnasts are small because they flip better. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Science, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the most scientific show we've done. Uh, uh, Ryan, we got to have you back on, man. This was I'm down. This is awesome. cool. I'll bring some more wine next time. Man. Yeah, maybe fuck we can get yeah. your uh, your fighters on too. I oh, mean, fuck yeah. Yeah, that would yeah be... we do an MMA segment. Yeah. We'd have to have you on for that. Yeah, I'll be uh, down. Yeah. Get the fighting crew to go out there and watch the fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, where was the gym? Uh, so the gym, uh, they fight out of rounders. Um, my fighter, Richie's fighting, he just, he just told me today, December 6th in Costa Mesa, the hangar in Costa Mesa. Ooh. Oh, okay. there we go. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Close by, local. Yeah. Well, dude, Ryan, this was awesome. Um, you have anything to plug? Like, where can they find you? Yeah. So, uh, right now I'm really trying to grow my Instagram. You can find me at, uh, at pro results nutrition. Um, you can find me at my website, www.proresultsnutrition.com. Uh, those are my two main plugs you can find me at. Um, I'm pretty responsive to everything. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to pick my brain and I'll help you any way I can. Or if you get in an accident in the Inland Empire, he'll probably take care of you there too. <laughs> Got you. Uh, David, where can they find you? You can find me at Superfan Armenta on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find me at Facebook at David Armenta. Shout out to Lupus Org, donate to the cause. And if you can, please go out there and donate uh, platelets. You can donate platelets every seven days up to 24 times a year. And if you can, please also donate whole blood. You can donate whole blood uh, every 115 days a year. So, yeah, go out and donate. And you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. The Geek Offensive has its own social media as well. You can find it with the handle at Geek Offensive. Um, this show is part of the Geek Say What Network, which you can also find with the handle at Geek Say What on all social media. And we have several shows, part of the network. Um, we've, God, we have a whole fucking catalog now. Dude, yeah, hopefully we got, before the end of the year, we're just going to get all these shows. Yeah, we're going to have 87 yeah. shows by yeah. the end of next year. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, Ready, Set, Geek, hosted by Alex Gullett, JPG Cole, and uh, Anthony. That's your starting line to geek culture. We have Geek KO, hosted by Justin Madriaga and Ish. Uh, it's our twice-a-month trivia podcast. And coming out soon, we have DGIF, Diverse Geeks in Focus, uh, bringing uh, a lens to certain specific issues in geek culture, uh, hosted by Gemma Vidal and Alex um, and RP Geek Allegories, hosted by our own beardless leader, JPG, which Fuck will be... that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's really short. I think all his growth plates are... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is the speaker on in there? Can no, you he can't hear us. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Just the evil eye. <laughs> He'd give me that anyway. Fuck you, Justin. <laughs> 
Oh, that's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to Wayland Productions, um, our associate producers who fucking rent the space out to us, help us with the equipment. Uh, you can find it at wayland.ws. And please support their audio drama, which you can find on Alpha. It's called We're Live Frontier. Check it out. And it's, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, lastly, our shout out to jordandene.com. Uh, our apparel sponsor has been supporting us for a long time now. Um, it's Jordan Dene, that's Jordan D E N E.com. It's a geek apparel spawn, uh, excuse me, geek apparel shop out of Brooklyn, New York. They're eco friendly, help you look nerdy. And if you shop with the promo code Geek Say What, you get 20% off your next purchase. And I believe that's it, Ryan. This was fantastic. This I was amazing. Had a blast. No, this was I amazing. Yeah, this was fantastic. We, honestly, we barely scratched the surface. Next time, come on, shh, guns blazing. Let's oh, do it, man. Yeah, let's fuck go. yeah. All right, let's go. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe to join the offensive. Thank you, everybody. Yeah.